This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WBC. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, LLCoJ with a triumphant comeback. Overpowered, over the competition, I'm towering. Call the cops, don't you dare stare. You better move, don't ever compare me. I could go on, folks, all morning long, but you don't want to hear it. You want to hear the Bernie and Sid Show here on 77 WABC on this, well, I guess festive Friday, right? The first Friday in spring, and, uh, well... Looks good. I understand Monday is going to be in the 30s, but we won't worry. Life is good. Life is grand. Life is great. Fridays are terrific. And, uh, again, on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, is the Bernie and Sid Show. I would also say that uh, my boy Sidney, who was, uh, as Frank Morano did, uh, that terrific dramatic reading of... Sydney in Cindy Adams' column, which was amazing. It turns out Sid was actually interviewed by Cindy Adams on her shows on her show on Saturday at one point, and she used the uh, a transcript from the audio to uh, and she put it in her paper, and that that was uh, what that constituted right there. So Sid's not here this morning; he's pursuing that acting career. But in his stead, we do have the amazingly uh, talented. Frank Morano, who does the other side of midnight on the overnights here on 77 WABC. Good morning, Bernie. TGIF. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. You know it. It's, it's been a pleasure, Frank. Thanks for doing it all week, helping us out. It's my pleasure. Believe me. And you must be uh, stone cold exhausted. Am I yeah, wrong? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm actually, it's a, such a buzz working with you and being on this show, and I'm not just being patronizing that. Yeah, I get a little bit of an energy boost. I will tell you, you know, I've been having some throat problems over the last two weeks, and I went to uh, an ENT yesterday, and he says, I think it might be acid reflux. Well, what are you supposed to do? He gives me a long list of things not to eat or drink, and right on the top of it, no caffeinated beverages. So I've been doing, this is the first show uh, that I've done in a while with no caffeine at all. So there's a, there's a little bit of a, of, a, of a caffeine withdrawal at play. I hope it's not too evident in my, in my energy levels. But uh, uh, No, not at all. No, you seem uh, you know, ready to go 15 rounds Yeah, well, if I, you I, ask me. If you bring in Pete King for, to fight about Ukraine again, that'll give me the buzz that I need. That was, uh, that was good. Too bad we didn't have more time for it. But, uh, yeah, I know the two of you. You know uh, what? He's such a gentleman, though. He almost, um, he, he, you know, he doesn't really, he'll go, actually go out of his way to have a, a, a big argument with people that he really may disagree with strongly on something, you know? No, you're right about that, except with the exception, as uh, we uh, experienced yeah. uh, with Bill O'Reilly. 
And it's not the first time. He and O'Reilly, every t- as I as I said to uh, Congressman King, it seems like you and uh, Big Bad Bill O'Reilly are like oil and vinegar. Every time they get together and they start, uh, you know, discussing an issue, it seems that way. But it makes for a good listen. I love it. Please. Yeah. It's the most uh, boring thing in the world. Listen to four hours of everyone agreeing with one another. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, and Pete King is, uh, you know, he can hold his own. And Big Bad Bill O'Reilly, it's, 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 there's no shortage of fight in that guy, I tell you. Uh, so, Frank Morano, uh, the overnights, the other side of midnight. Before we get into some of the issues of today... And the week, I mean, it's been a momentous week, of course, as I call him, the imbecile-in-chief, uh, still over in Europe, in Brussels, uh, embarrassing himself in front of the, uh, in front of the NATO uh, heads, the heads of NATO of various different countries, uh, but uh, and getting really nothing done. In fact, the, the latest he just got done was they worked out some sort of energy deal where they're going to try to wean Europe off of uh, Russian, uh, you know, oil and gas, and they're going to they're buy a lot of liquefied national gas from the United States. But will we have enough, by the way, seeing how they've handcuffed the whole industry? I'm not sure. So anyway, that just wrapped up. But I want to ask you this, Frank Morano. Mm. What did you talk about on the other side of midnight last night uh, between 1 to 5 in the morning? Uh, well, qu- quite a bit. You know, we were, I was still we, – we didn't get in any Godfather talk because I figured I overwhelmed people with it the day before for the anniversary. But we did discuss a little bit uh, the Academy Awards this weekend, a little bit of Mayor Adams' uh, vaccine hypocrisy on uh, millionaire athletes being able to play, uh, or as you could see in the front page of today's New York Post, a waitress at City Field who was let go for not being vaccinated. Uh, the pilots calling for Biden to loosen the restrictions to wear masks on airplanes. Uh, we got into that a little bit. And I interviewed um, Ambassador Peter Ford, who is the former British ambassador to Sir- to Syria, and he says... What he's hearing from Joe Biden and the head of NATO and a lot of the TV pundits and Jen Psaki, uh, this this warning that Russia is going to be using chemical weapons without any evidence, by the way, is the same thing that we were hearing when everyone was saying Syria was about to use chemical weapons. And he maintains that Assad never did use those chemical weapons, and he thinks it might be a similar sort of a, a false flag operation. So it was an interesting discussion. Very interesting, and yeah. uh, it makes me, uh, you know, now I have to make a decision. Which, where do I start? I guess I'll start with. Uh, let's see. Let's start with uh, the Ukraine. Okay, I just mentioned the Ukraine and uh, Joe Biden and the the new energy push to wean to uh, stop the uh, Europeans from importing Russian gas and oil, et cetera, et cetera, which essentially is subsidizing the war. It's, a, it's an ironic thing, but they are. They're subsidizing the war. As a matter of fact, Trump called that out a long time ago. He warned them. He warned them. They said that uh, you guys, uh, this was at the European summit in 2018. I'm going to play this clip. Cut 20. This is the prescience of the former President Trump, who I think, uh, Frank Morano, you could laugh probably. You might, and I don't know, you might agree with me, that President Trump was the probably the greatest one-term president this country has ever seen. And that was with handcuffs on. That was while he was under siege, being persecuted. But listen to him in 2018 at the European summit, warning about German dependence on Russian oil and gas. Cut 20, please, Lou. 
think energy is a much different story than normal trade. And you have a country like Poland that won't accept the gas. You take a look at some of the countries, they won't accept it because they don't want to be captive to Russia. But Germany, as far as I'm concerned, is captive to Russia because it's getting so much of its energy from Russia. So we're supposed to protect Germany, but they're getting their energy from Russia. Explain that. And it can't be explained. You know that. Now, that's a president who knew what he was talking about uh, a couple of years ago before this present emergency. And, of course, he was uh, derided. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to uh, he divide NATO and all this stuff, of calling out our allies. They hate him, blah, blah, blah. He said exactly the right thing. Anything he said there, uh, Frank, that you disagree with? Well, I mean, you can't disagree with facts, right? I mean, Germany did buy, does buy a lot of their energy from Russia. I mean, my problem at the time was, and my problem still, is uh, President Trump sort of publicly shaming Germany for buying energy from Russia. I don't think that that's something that a country should have been ashamed to be doing, especially three years ago, and especially for a president, Donald Trump, that campaigned on uh, better relations with Russia. And you mentioned the, you know, the Mueller witch hunt and impeachment. I think one of the unfortunate byproducts of the uh, the narrative, which we now know is not true, that uh, Trump was a Russian agent, is that Trump felt the need to issue these sort of blustery, rhetorical, anti-Russian statements rather than say, OK, it's not a big deal if Germany buys energy from Russia. You know, the United States but wait, still. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm having difficulty following you. He just said there clearly just said German dependence on Russian oil is going to be a problem. That was the essence of what he said. And uh, I don't know, you're, you're, you're kind yeah, of going so, off. No, why is it a problem? Why is it a problem to buy Russian energy, especially three years ago? Because they're subsidizing the people who uh, NATO was supposed to be protecting Europe against. Well, so it makes no sense. At the time that he said that, first of all, Ukraine is not a NATO ally. We have no obligation to protect Ukraine from anybody. Number two, at the time that he said that... No, no, but it was, I'm talking about NATO. NATO is NATO, and that's what he was alluding to. How can you be subsidizing the people we're paying uh, into NATO, and uh, you are paying into it, we're paying into it, to protect uh, you from... How could you be subsidizing them by buying their oil? That is stupid. Essentially, he was saying, buy it from us. And you heard today, Biden said, yeah, we're going to start selling uh, Germany a lot of our own liquefied national gas. I I guess where where I've always parted company with that thinking is that I think post-Cold War – Russia is not the enemy of NATO. Um, the, the, the Iron Curtain falling, I think we should have looked to have detente with Russia, which is one of the things that so attracted me about Donald Trump. But you talk about Biden and buying energy. The, you know, the United States still is still, even after the recent sanctions and the prohibition on importing Russian oil, the United States is still buying uranium from Russia. We're still, still to this day, buying well, you uranium know, that's from be, Russia. One of the reasons is because uh, Hillary Clinton and the, and the Obama administration sold uh, a, a shizzle load of uranium uh, to, to the aforementioned Russia. I mean, if you need uranium, you need uranium. What are you going to do? It's, it, there's exactly. only a limited amount. And if you, need, if you need oil, you need oil. You, you buy it from us. Right. Well, and uh, the, a lot of other great countries like Saudi Arabia happy to pitch in as well, right? Uh, exactly right. Listen, let's move on to uh, the actual uh, substance of the war. Uh, there is the uh, division, which c- grows day by day, between the, the the American faction that says escalate, arm them, 
let them fight, let them fight, let them fight. And the the mentality that says, no, no, listen, first of all, Russia already lost, uh, essentially. You know, in, in, in the spirit of the thing, Russia lost. But they're still there, and they can f- inflict a lot of damage. Uh, but uh, it's, it's going to be a long time before it's over. So we should actually move to uh, diplomatic moves. And uh, uh, listen, I know you love this lady, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. She went back and forth with Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity is the mentality of the latter, of the former, which I just laid out, mm. which says arm, 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 fight, fight, fight. And uh, Tulsi Gabbard says, no, 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 no. You're giving them false hope, and you're causing a lot of death. Uh, this is cut 21, Lou, cut 21. I think you'll agree with Tulsi Gabbard's sentiment on this. And uh, I know I do. A lot of people say, hey, you're appeasing. We're not appeasing. We're being realistic. And again, Putin already lost. But look, play this Tulsi Gabbard clip, please. The cruelty is to try to pretend to the Ukrainian people that they are going to win in a war against a nuclear-armed country that is out-equipped, out uh, that, that has stronger equipment, more tanks, more bombs, more planes, more people, more everything in Russia. It's just not realistic. So you, it's not strategically possible to think that Ukraine is going well, to beat Russia. It is cruel to make the Ukrainian people believe that somehow they are going to win this war by prolonging it. So I think you would agree with that. Uh, uh, completely. I mean, uh, again, I think Tulsi Gabbard, who is still a member of the United States military, who's an officer in the United States military, uh, she has a, uh, I mean, I'm in complete agreement with how she sees most foreign policy things. I, I would love it if Tulsi Gabbard were president. I hope she runs in 2024. Or at least Congress. Get rid of that uh, screwball, Maisie Hirono. Right, or U.S. Senate, even better. Uh, yeah, out in, in, uh, in uh, Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, then, now, another thing, this is really scurrilous, and this is where I, the reason why I, I, I pull no punches when it comes to Joe Biden. He's a senile puppet stooge. He's corrupt. He's a race baiter. He's a liar. This was him. Uh, one of the last questions somebody asked him, thought to ask him about 2024, Biden in Brussels yesterday on whether or not he run again in 24, and it culminates into repeating a, a much debunked lie but uh, you'll listen to it, and you'll see hear what it is. But it, it it was infuriating to people like me who know the truth. I mean, I know you know the truth as well, Frank. So take a listen to Biden in Brussels just yesterday. And uh, cut one. I'm sorry, that's cut one. Before, and I, I had no intention of running for president again, and uh, until I saw those folks coming out of the fields in Virginia carrying torches and carrying Nazi banners and literally singing the same vile rhyme that they used in Germany in, in the early 20s, or 30s, I should say. And, um, and then when the gentleman you mentioned was asked what he thought, and a young woman was killed, a protest. Trump, Trump, he said it. And he asked, was asked what he thought. Uh, he said, they're very good people on both sides. And that's when I decided I wasn't going to be quiet any longer. Now, that's what he based his presidential campaign on. He ran an ad saying just that. That's when I decided to run, but Trump said very fine people. Of course, Trump never said there are very fine people on both sides, meaning uh, Nazis and the pro-Confederate uh, flag people. I mean, excuse me, the people protesting against the Confederate flag. Never, ever said it. It's on tape. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's scurrilous. It's what, uh, back in the day, the, the, the things that duels were made of. How dare you? Uh, libel me like that, 
especially now these days when it's on tape. This is what Trump actually said in 2017, the day of the Charlottesville incident, regarding the very fine people. Listen to what he actually said, and uh, I don't know, just got to play cut 18, Lou. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. So, of course, he was talking about the pro-Confederate flag people. That particular protest was hijacked by the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists who said they should be condemned roundly and resoundingly. You just heard them right there. But Joe Biden continues to, and it's been debunked. Everybody knows it. Nobody repeats it except this old fool who probably thinks that, uh, still thinks Jesse Smollett got mugged by two white guys in the middle of the night in Chicago. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, I, I mean, look, you, it's not a, even a matter of agreement. Facts are facts. You just played the audio. Uh, and uh, look, honest people can disagree about whether you should take down the statue of Robert E. Lee or not. Um, and there were good people on both sides of that debate. But I don't think the pres- pre- former President Trump could have been any more adamant about uh, what he was saying about denouncing neo-Nazis. I wish the people that asked Trump to denounce David Duke and neo-Nazis 900 times, even though he completely denounces and renounces him, I wish they'd make the same demand of uh, Vladimir Zelensky to denounce the neo-Nazis that surround him and his own government. Well done. Well done. Exactly right. The Azov Battalion. Folks, look it up. 20% Nazi. Not neo-Nazi. 20% Nazi. Oh, no, there's no Nazis in the Ukraine. Zelensky's Jewish. Oh, yes, there is. Look it up. Don't believe the fake news. Very good to, to, to invoke that. In this conversation, Frank Morano, that's what makes you great. Well, uh, I knew it had to be something. Absolutely, uh, Frank Morano, 1-800-848-9222. You know, today is Greek Independence Day. I'll be joined by John Katsimatidis at 7 o'clock. We're going to celebrate Greek Independence Day. We're going to talk to Nicole Maliotakis. We're going to talk to Tony Orlando. We will cover all the issues of the day while uh, celebrating Greek Independence Day. Also, if you want to uh, help uh, help in the Ukraine relief a fund that you go to wabcradio.com. John Katzmatidis set up a site. These people need it. It's a humanitarian effort, totally. No arms, all uh, your supplies, food, blankets, whatever it is. Uh, John Katzmatidis set it up at wabcradio.com to help the Ukraine refugees and people in Ukraine as well. wabcradio.com. On the Bernie and Sid show with Frank Morano, we'll be right back. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Oh, my God. Thank God it's Friday. I do feel that in a big way. I'm sure everybody in listening feels that. Everybody does. Always do. I mean, uh, the days are long, but uh, it's good. It's good to be in the game. It's good to be alive. It's good to be, uh, you know, it's just good to be around, to say the least. Frank Morano joins me in studio at Sid Rosenberg out in California uh, in pursuing his acting career. You mentioned you talked about Eric Adams uh, overnight. Mm. Uh, First thing is, uh, I guess he's bringing back the, not I guess, he is. He's bringing back the broken windows policy. I mean, he went out, uh, Frank Morano, he went out to visit 
Tulsi Gabbard. Like Tulsi Gabbard. He went out to visit Lori Lightfoot to get some tips on fighting crime. Crime is up about 45%, 45% over last year, a staggering amount under the, tutel, under the supervision of the law and order candidate, now Mayor Eric Adams, 45%, and he's embarrassed by it. Uh, but uh, anyway, he went to see Lori Lightfoot, and that's like uh, going to see Governor Christie <laughs> for, uh, you know, tips on running a marathon. I mean, <laughs> going to see Lori Lightfoot? What are you kidding me? So he was embarrassed uh, by the uh, amount of shootings over the weekend, last weekend. And according to the New York Post, uh, the way the editorial board characterized it, he reamed out the uh, NYPD commissioner, Keechan Sewell, and also the chief of police. He reamed them out and he said, listen, get out there and do what it takes to fix this problem. And that is uh, a return to broken windows policy. Uh, start, he started it by saying that uh, we will prosecute fair beaters, people who jump the turnstiles. But now this is everything. All quality of life offenses are now on the table. Uh, drinking in public, urinating, loitering, sleeping on the subway, all the small things, which uh, the, the philosophy, of course, is you start with the small things and then uh, gradually, uh, you know, gradually the perception is, that this isn't a bad place, and uh, you, you eventually get to a place where crime is reduced. You saw it under Rudy Giuliani, saved thousands and thousands of lives. But uh, it's refreshing to see that they are actually come back uh, with this broken windows policy, don't you think? Oh, did, did you think you would ever see it? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did. I mean, I think that um, if you look at the success that um, we had under, uh, you know, B B Ray Kelly, Bill Bratton, Howard Safer, Bernie Carrick, and then Ray Kelly again, and then Bill Bratton again. I mean, the, the results were indisputable. I mean, we saw a changing city, changing technology, a changing uh, population of this city, and crime did one thing over the course of the 20 years. It kept going down, 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 and down. And so it's not surprising to me that Adams would go back and do what works. Now, um, his deputy mayor of public safety, Philip Banks, while you know he's got some issues and there's some concerning aspects with public corruption and things like that and a lot of unanswered questions. No one questions the guy knows a thing or two about policing. And I think Adams understands the problem as well. So I'm glad he read his team the uh, the Riot Act, and I'm hoping that uh, they and Commissioner Sewell and Chief Corey can, can get this department doing what a lot of these cops know how to do but have been handcuffed from doing uh, over the last uh, two years especially. But unfortunately, you still don't necessarily have the cooperation of four out of the five DAs in this city. Yeah, that is a problem, the lenient DAs and the judges as well. Uh, that is a big problem. You still have the no-cash bail law in effect. One of the things in this uh, new uh, broken windows policy is that suspects who have missed two or more court appearances over the past two years will not be eligible for a desk appearance ticket and will instead, will instead be arrested and sent for arraignment. I mean, why wasn't that already in place? I mean, that seems like a... A, a no-brainer. Yeah, forget the other stuff. Uh, the, the other stuff is really no-brainer as well. But this, I mean, it sticks out. Uh, no question about you it. You waited till now, Eric Adams? What the hell's wrong with you? And, um, you know, I know John Katzmatidis is coming on at 7. If people didn't hear his interview with Bill Bratton last night at the top of the Cats at Night show, they should really go back and listen to the podcast because Bill Bratton lays out chapter and, for, and verse 
the challenges that he faced uh, in 1994 and even before that in the early 90s running the transit uh, the transit police. And like Bratton said, if you make the decision to stop arresting people for fare evasion, exactly to your point, Bernie, then um, it, it, cre- it basically inserts and injects an element of criminality onto the subways where people are underground and, you know, totally unsafe. Completely, totally, uh, uh, as you said. Uh, and now uh, on the issue of uh, lifting the vaccine uh, mandates for the elite, for the rich, for the millionaires, as opposed to the workers. And it, it, by, when I say millionaires, I'm talking about athletes. I'm talking about the uh, Brooklyn Nets, the New York Yankees, the Mets, everybody. Uh, this is what Eric Adams said yesterday at City Field when he lifted this mandate. Uh, take a list. Cut 29, Lou, please. We created an unfair disadvantage to New York-based performance. I'm correcting that unfair disadvantage. This is about putting New York City-based performance on a level playing field. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, okay, great. But what about the workers that you fired who were unvaccinated, who were there when there was no vaccine and were out in the streets saving lives? What about them? You're supposed to be a man of the people. And uh, it just it's 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 staggering in its, uh, you know, double standard and unfairness and elitism and all that stuff. This guy from the municipal labor committee, his name is Harry Nespoli. I think he, he, he captured it, uh, the essence of the anger of people who are, you know, unvaccinated, fired, don't have a job now because of, uh, well, they don't want to get vaccinated. And yet they work through the, the, the you know, they, they essentially jumped on covid grenades early on in the pandemic. Uh, cut 33 is this uh, Harry Nespoli, please, Lou, play cut 33. Don't shut the door on them. Not when they had to come to work. When everybody was running out to the Hamptons and everybody was running upstate New York and the only people here were city workers. Well said. Well said, exactly. And that's what he's doing. It's, uh, I think it's just gross and disgusting. And he's going to have to address this. This will not stand. They're going to sue him. And it's going to cost the city a lot of money if he doesn't rectify this quickly, Frank. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, uh, the, the gentleman whose uh, show I was just alluding to, the uh, the Cats at Night show, actually just, just walked in. Happy Greek Independence Day, uh, John. Um, but I, I'll just add to your point, Bernie. You know, Jay Varma, the chief pandemic advisor to former Mayor de Blasio, said this this Adams double standard that Nespoli's talking about there totally blows things up. Not only does it leave the city vulnerable to lawsuits, and we're already hearing from lawyers quoted in the papers today that said uh, they're expecting to file suit over this. But basically, and this is his quote, this is de Blasio's chief pandemic advisor. Basically, it sends a message that this is an arbitrary rule, that if you're rich enough and powerful enough and high profile enough, that you don't have to play by the same rules as everyone else. And he's right. He's a thousand percent correct. As a matter of fact, uh, Cut 34, Jay Farmer, it's funny you should mention that. Listen to what he said. As soon as you start to make exemptions for one favored group versus another, and if those exemptions aren't based on the justification, which is that all adult New Yorkers need to be vaccinated, the courts can throw it out. There you have it. Uh, you're right, Frank Morano. It's a mess, and uh, that uh, Eric Adams doesn't see that. I don't know. He's, he's got a blind spot or something. He's getting bad advice. Uh, I'm not sure which it is. Is Mr. Katz ready to go? Absolutely. I'm always here. I'm always ready to go. Always. What do you think? Good Lord. It seems just like an hour ago I was listening to you on Cats at Night last night. And as Frank pointed out, great interview with Bill Bratton. 
on uh, the Bill topic. Bratton, uh, he's a great guy, a big supporter. Uh, he supported Eric Adams. And I just felt such disappointment in his voice that he's disappointed that things are not going better. Mm. I mean, yeah. I, I felt the truth. I felt the pain in his voice. And uh, he loves New York, too. And he worked hard to make New York the safest city in the world. And I felt the pain in his voice and the pain in his heart. And I said to him, Bill Bratton, don't give up. We're going to take back the city. And all these stupid organizations. Did you see that list of 70 organizations supporting uh, uh, the, the fact that they want the streets to be, to, to support the 3,000 individuals that, that are hurting the 8.5 million individuals? Right. Who is it? MoveOn.org? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't even know they were still alive. I thought they died years ago. Oh, no, they're still killing this country. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah, but who are these people? Who is feeding them money? Soros. Because I can't believe real people, real American people, would give them a nickel. Yeah. No, this is a George Soros-backed uh, uh, move. Uh, he, for some reason, he loathes this country. As you know, Mr. Katz, uh, Frank Morano. He's behind all these uh, woke DAs. I mean, he funded, uh, I think he gave Alvin Bragg a million dollars, which for a Manhattan DA's race, a million dollars is an enormous amount of money. Well, well, correction, I think it was only half a million. He, he committed to a million. And then he, halfway down That's the, right. the, the race... Morano yeah. is the expert, too. Uh, yeah, his group, George Soros' group, uh, Color of Change, they pulled half a million dollars in funding from Alvin Bragg after a disturbing allegation was made against him by an unnamed woman. Now, this disturbing allegation uh, was made, and we didn't find out about it until after the primary, uh, and it caused Color of Change, this George Soros PAC, to pull the funding. It was just ramping up their efforts in May, and it threw a wrench into their, their whole plans. And they had no problem uh, funding several of the other candidates running, all of whom had the same agenda that Alvin Bragg uh, did. So they did end up, uh, all in all, giving him a half a million dollars. Yep. That, that's he, it, yeah. Did, yeah. He, he gave him enough money to win, and uh, it's disgusting. Did you, did you, did you see uh, those uh, census results, uh, that uh, Deborah Valentine gave us the picture. Yeah, uh, Manhattan right. and San Francisco led the the led the whole country in people leaving. I mean, what Jeez. do those cities have in uh, common? I mean, and, and those crime, are, a lot crime of those in are, the streets. Yeah, a lot of those are voters that uh, we're going to miss in November. I mean, sadly, but uh, yeah, that is uh, very telling and uh, a sad state of affairs. Obviously, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two is those the number. Are left. Yeah, those oh, are yeah. people are left. Yeah, exactly. and, and you know something? I'm going to tell you another thing. A lot of, and I don't use these words, a lot of the liberals left because they're the first ones that don't have, you know, they don't want to stay because they, they can't take it. Right, but they were the ones who were experiencing epiphanies and awakenings yeah. and might have made a difference. And who knows? Me? I'll get a Rocky Calavito bat and, <laughs> and say, come on, let's go for it. Yeah. John Katsimatidis in studio with Frank Morano on the Bernie and Sid Show. Traffic and sports coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show every Sunday morning at 11. Here the judge talks about Hunter's laptop. 
the president of the United States and pretty much the rest of the world heard about a laptop that had been dropped off at a repair shop, allegedly by Hunter Biden. And it had all kinds of things on it, folks. It had pictures of Hunter Biden that you wouldn't want to see in your grossest moment. He's smoking uh, crack. He's got women all over him. He's engaging in sexual acts. He's a pig. The fact that he uploaded this stuff, he's a pig. And they're trying to clean him up and make him look like he's something special. Pure and simple, Hunter Biden is a crack addict and a pig. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Well, it's not Sydney, but it's Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Just the Islanders in action last night locally as they welcomed in the Detroit Red Wings for a good old-fashioned butt whooping. Brock Nelson netted two goals for the Isles, and Ilya Sorokin stood on his head with 37 stops as New York secured its sixth straight home victory with a dominating 5-2 route of the Red Wings. Up next for the Islanders is a trip to Beantown for a Saturday matinee with the Bruins tomorrow afternoon. On the ledger tonight in terms of ice hockey is the Rangers at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That faceoff is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time. And as far as basketball goes, the Knicks will be in South Beach tonight to battle the Miami Heat. Look out for that action at 8 p.m. Eastern. After a few days to collect ourselves, the Madness returned last night with the Sweet 16 of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament getting underway. Your first four of the Elite Eight are set with Arkansas Arkansas, Duke, Houston, and Villanova living to see another day. Tonight you'll get the remaining four games of that 16 with Purdue going against Cinderella in St. Peter's. Quick correction for our guy Joey Nolan. That's actually a 7.09 p.m. Eastern time start. Off by one minute there, Joe. Kansas taking on Providence at 7.29. UNC tipping it off with UCLA at 9.39. And Iowa State and Miami capping off the night with a 9.59 start time. And as we anticipated yesterday, Mayor Eric Adams made his vaccine mandate exemption for athletes and performance officially official yesterday as he announced the decision during a news conference at City Field. Effective immediately, all unvaccinated New York City-based athletes will now be permitted to play in home games. Here with your bottom-of-the-hour sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. There'll be days like this, my mama said. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Sid is out this morning pursuing an acting career in studio right now. We have the great Frank Morano. He, uh, he hosts the overnights here, the other side of midnight. Does a terrific job. And also honored to have in the studio this early a John Katzmatidis. We will be celebrating Greek Independence Day. Uh, coming up starting at 7 o'clock, we're going to be speaking with Nicole Maliotakis. Uh, we're going to speak to Tony Orlando, et cetera, uh, 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 Andrew, State Senator Andrew Gernardis. Uh, and we're going to be talking issues as well as Greek Independence Day. So keep it right here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but, Mr. Katz, uh, this is an early hour. You are the energy bunny. Mm. I mean, uh, wow. I, I stay I mar- up all night listening to Frank Moreno. <laughs> I marvel. I really do at uh, at your at your you know your fortitude. It's, it's it's incredible. The biggest complaint we have from our customers, from our listeners, you know what they are? They say you got twenty four hours a day great programming. I put on the radio. I don't turn it off. True. It is. It's addicting. You're right about that. That's you know, what the, and the numbers go straight through. reflect we go that. Straight through great programming. We don't have what Cumulus used to have. 
the dentist, the 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 vitamin guy. <laughs> Who give a damn about the you know doctors, psychiatrists? We have great programming where where like a Frank Morano, where I stay up all night listening to. I wanted to know if a UFO has landed yet. That's right. And uh, uh, believe me, that'll be the show that you hear about it first. Believe me. That's right. I said it. I, well, you know what we're going to do? Maybe on April 1st, we'll have a report about a UFO landing in New Jersey. Like have or, you heard or, that before? Like Orson Welles, right? Is, is it 100 years yet since Orson Welles? It, it's uh, 101, actually. No, uh, no, it's not quite 101. It's about UFO, 90, 91. There are reports coming in from New Jersey State Troopers <laughs> that the Possibly a UFO landing in New Jersey. But the funny thing about that report, and uh, Bernie is a radio historian, you'll probably know this, is they kept saying that it was a radio show, and yet, because it came across as such a realistic news broadcast, a lot of people really were spooked about it. Well, people tune in late sometimes. Right, right, sure. Oh, yeah, it sounded authentic. It really did. Uh, you know, at the time, people a little more naive, uh, they're given more credibility to what comes out of their little radio than sometimes people do today because there's a lot of stuff on the well, radio. WABC tells the truth. 24 w hours a day, seven days a week. You're absolutely right. If w there's a UFO landing and we report it, that that's, could be the truth. The, no doubt. The the thing with that, though, is the newspapers also had an interest in inflaming the role of radio in inciting panic because the newspapers were viewing radio as sort of new competition that they were going to lose audience share to. Yes, uh, interesting, very interesting. To speak about radio historians, Frank Morano, incredible. He knows all. Uh, gentlemen, before we get back to uh, the war in Ukraine, and Joe Biden just wrapped up uh, another NATO uh, meeting out there where he talked about, well, the uh, United, United States will come up with more liquefied natural gas for Germany to try to help them wean off their dependence on uh, Russia and Russian energy. How about helping the American people? How about bringing, you know, we're paying Russia and we're paying uh, the, uh, uh, the Saudi Arabians and the OPEC countries. We're paying them $110, $115 a barrel for oil. How about helping the American people? Everybody should write the White House or call the White House and say, please help us. You know, we, we, we have enough oil uh, in uh, North America to bring the price down to $55, $60 a barrel. Not only would it help us at the pump and our home heating oil and gas, it would create jobs, 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 which is, uh, I mean, always a good thing. I think everybody would agree. Uh, the question is, why won't they help us? The, our own government? That's, one hell, that's the million-dollar question. Why won't they do it? Instead, as you point out, Mr. Katz, they're going to buy oil. And by the way, it's dirty oil from Venezuela, from dirty despotic uh, regimes. Uh, Venezuela, eventually Iran, and uh, places elsewhere. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's stupidity. It's suicidal. And, uh, again, we talked about it earlier this week. There are some people in this administration, this idiocracy down there in, in D.C., that hate this country, and this is how it manifests itself, with stupid, inexplicable decisions. You cannot assign any other motive. I mean, in the absence Bernie, of any I'll other... i give you one more. Yeah. We are Alaska Pipeline. The United States of America, our Alaska Pipeline, is capable of shipping in 2 million barrels a day. You know what we restricted them to? What's that? 400,000 barrels. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> I mean. Why? Well, our old friend. You know, I mean, why? 
It smells. Yeah. It smells. Totally. Why? Who is controlling this White House? You're exactly right. That's that's a million dollar question right there. Uh, it's just uh, it, it it just just it's, it's so frustrating and maddening when you know the right thing we can do. It, it's not only about energy uh, independence. It really is about energy dominance, and that's what will you know make America the undisputed number one superpower. Not that we're not already, but it's slipping. And we need to go back to energy dominance over all these countries, not just independence. And uh, these people, they won't do it, even with the, the agreement they came about, that they came uh, up with in uh, Brussels this morning. There's a large green component to it, which, again, is stupid because uh, it, this is an emergency. We're in the middle of a freaking war here that we're trying to avoid, uh, you know, becoming a more hot war between the United States and Russia. And this whole green stuff, we're just not ready for it yet. I mean, good, God bless. If we want to uh, use electric cars, windmills and solar panels, and if it works, it's efficient and saves us money, the American people would do it. It's, we're just not there yet. We would be hurting ourselves if we went try to go to it. And who trusts these, this administration or these green people to uh, actually affect uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 that kind of change that actually works? These people cannot run a hot dog stand. That's how incompetent. No, so they can't run a one-car funeral procession. Exactly right. <laughs> well, and the other thing, aside from the energy aspect of it, the national security aspect of it, and the economic aspect of it, is you have the political aspect of all this. One wonders if uh, oil-producing states like Pennsylvania, which are swing states that have very competitive Senate elections this year, are the energy workers that vote in those states going to vote for a president and his party that are trying to take their jobs away? A, a great question. And that should be an issue here in New York where we are, the government here doesn't allow us to frack. The government here doesn't allow us to build new pipelines. That should be an issue. The Republican Party has to get out there and let the people know about what I it's, just said. You know, you're saying the Republican Party. You know what I say? Common sense Democrats and common sense Republicans and common sense independents. You know, we need all of them. We you do. We need but, all of them. Got, it, everybody has to vote the, the common sense because right now, I mean, I, I go, I'll go back to the budget. But if you live in New York City, the budget for New York City and New York State are $300 billion for 20 million people. Florida, it's $100 billion for 20 million people. Wow. I, I mean, triple? I could understand a little bit more. But triple? Right. Yeah, that's absolutely uh, that's, that's a staggering And, and the other difference. thing, Bernie, the other yeah. thing, General Motors, my opinion, General Motors, Ford, Chrysler, the, the White House is making them change to 100% or just about uh, electric fleet by 2030, 2035 or whatever. You know what that means? Short those, my opinion, short those stocks because the American people don't want a hundred percent electric cars, and you know, hey, if some people like them, God bless you, take them. But right. do you think five dollar a gallon gasoline changes be, that at all? Well, we're going to be buying. Russia is going to go into car manufacturing businesses the way in World War II. Uh, we're buying now Mercedes, BMWs, and we're buying Toyotas for from Japan. We're, we're, the next decade, we're going to be buying Ruski cars. Mm. Uh huh. 
You're right about that. Of we're going to be driving around it, Ruski cars. It seems hard to believe these days if you see the sanctions, but uh, you know, who knows? It'll be interesting. What and was who's your question, Frank? No, I was saying you talk about the American people don't want electric cars. Yeah. Do you think five dollar a gallon gasoline will change that? Are more well, people going to think? Well, that's what my friends at the White House said. Well, if we raise the price of gasoline high enough, people are going to want electric cars. And you know who who they make rich at that point? China. China. Mm. Lithium, China. Yep. Yep. China. China actually has a geological team in Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan, which we fled from last August, infamously, notoriously, embarrassingly, humiliatingly. They actually have a geological team in Afghanistan to mine some of the rare earth minerals, including lithium, in Afghanistan. I mean, uh, the, 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 the ramifications of the incompetence of these idiotic woke misfits surrounding the, this tool, this puppet, this stooge, Joe Biden, the ramifications are widespread, and a lot of people aren't even aware of it. Now, the next hour, I said, besides talking about Greek Independence Day, I, I was talking to Newt Gingrich yesterday. I'm, I'm going to have him on my Sunday show. And he gave me some revelations about Putin that everybody has forgotten. Wow. So everybody has to stay, stay tuned to the next hour to find out what the heck is going on. If you keep it where it is, folks, of course, Nicole Maliotakis, Tony Orlando, among the guests on Greek Independence Day, and uh, keep it here for John Katzmatidi's revelation right there that they got from Newt Gingrich. Frank Morano, you're great. You're terrific. Thank Bernie, you for hanging thanks, around. Thanks all week. This has been a delight. I hope we can do this again soon. And uh, as I said, uh, the oh, wife will yell. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. But um, the most common question that I get asked when I meet listeners is, how's Bernie feeling? You had a lot of people rooting for you and a lot of people praying for you. No, none more enthusiastically than me. You are very kind. Frank Morano, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good weekend, Bernie. And uh, when you see my friend, Senator Andrew Guinardis, please thank him for the bail reform vote. Oh, yes. Uh, As says Frank Morano very facetiously. Thank you. Uh, On the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katzmatidis and Frank Morano, we're coming right back. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at at info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. I lost that love before. Got mad and closed the door. But you said, child, just once more I chose you for the one Now we're having so much fun You treated me so kind I'm about to lose my mind You made me so Very happy. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Also simulcast on a news talk. 107.1 107.1 FM out on Eastern Long Island. Blood, sweat, and tears kicking off the Bernie and Sigil and the Greek Independence Day celebration on 77 WABC all day long. I'm joined in Sid's stead by the owner 
of Red Apple Media and WABC Radio, and of course, a wildly successful businessman, man with a big heart, all around great guy, John Katsimatidis. Mr. Katz, happy play, Greek. You go play ahead. wonderful. You play wonderful music. Oh, but good. Today's Greek Independence Day. You got to play a few Greek songs. Yeah, what's up I with mean, that? I'll Lou? get. Up. I promise not to dance in the aisles in the <laughs> studio. Uh, yes, we will effort and uh, we'll play you know, some Greek uh, Greek music. Uh, listen, uh, 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 do you have any particular suggestions, uh, Mr. Katz? On what? On suggestions? Oh, I gave uh, uh, Emily a, a copy of a song I used to love. I used to love to watch uh, uh, the Onassis uh, story on marrying uh, Kennedy. You know the, the real story on that? Uh, I, 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 well, Onassis, I guess not. Onassis was a, a billionaire at, at his time. Aristotle. Aristotle yes, Onassis. And... And uh, uh, when Senator Kennedy uh, were visiting his yacht, uh, they, they got to know each other very well. Uh, and uh, when, when John F. Kennedy died, um, she wanted, uh, uh, what's her, um, I'm, I can't remember. You know, you get she, me up early, I lose you, it. You know, it's not easy. I, I, I know lose that. It. So yeah, she she was on the yacht she with. She goes on the yacht, right? And uh, you know you you have that beautiful Greek music sailing the uh, sailing or across the Aegean Sea and the islands and and you know she starts to fall in love. Now Onassis was a businessman, falling in love. Forget about it. You know why right. he married Jacqueline Kennedy? Um, waiting with bated breath, honestly, to hear okay, why. Okay, the real reason he married Jacqueline Kennedy. And I think his lawyer, his old lawyer, was attorney general, uh, and he he bought Jacqueline Kennedy. It was a it was a marriage contract, twenty five million dollars uh, to get married. Uh, expense account, uh, this and that. They only had to get laid three times a month. Oh. It, it was a contract. Wow! And you know why? Uh, well, he was I... about to get indicted. He oh. was about to get indicted for all those. Uh, Schlemeli deals they did uh, with, uh, with the ships, uh, with, uh, with all the uh, uh, Arab nations. Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit funky or a little bit suspicious. Yeah. This, that. A little sketchy. And, 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 and uh, the attorney general made the decision, this is against the United States of America. Interesting. So, so he pays for the contract, mar gets married to the former first lady of the United States of America. And they'll never indict the, uh, Onassis being married to the first lady of the United States of America. No, and obviously her motivation was, was money. No, uh, her motivation is she wanted to get away from the Kennedys. Okay. She, right. You know, the money was good security for her, for her kids in the future, uh, maintaining her lifestyle. Uh, but she wanted to get away from the Kennedys. Wow, uh, that's a fascinating. Is that some story? It really is, honestly. I and did I not bet know you that. people haven't heard that story. Oh, I know, I never did, never did, yeah. and I thought I knew all things Kennedy, but uh, that's a, a fascinating and interesting uh, part on this Greek Independence Day. John Katzmatidis, Tikani, Ray. I, how am I doing? I'm doing great. I and, like you know, it. I, uh, I love New York. And, Bernie, we're going to bring back New York. New York is the greatest city in the world, and we're not going to allow all those stupid organizations that have, probably have a membership of 12 that are getting paid by somebody uh, to, to ruin New York City. No, we're not giving up on it. I don't want to leave. I want to stay right here. As attractive as Florida sounds and all these people leaving, I love this place. If we fix it back up to, uh, you know, 
the way it was uh, not not yeah. so long ago. This is the Emily, best place. Emily, do you have that song yet? Let's hear a, 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 a minute of that song, and then I'll go into I, I'll buy you a box of Kleenex and tell you about my story. Apparently. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Let's play that. Let's see. Justin, have it ready? He's got to load it up. Oh, they got to load it up. Yeah. Now, my two grandfathers, both of them, came to this country in 1913 looking for the, for the streets full of gold. Sure. But it took me 100 years to find it. <laughs> but you eventually did. I finally found the gold. You certainly did in a big way. Uh, but, the but 19- basically, but that's a story of all immigrants, whether they're Irish, whether they're, they're Italians or, or, or whatever, uh, Greek, uh, uh, Latins. That's a story True. of all immigrants. Everybody, but you name it. But note the one condition that, that uh, uh, we meet, that the people crossing that border, uh, that we don't know who's coming or going, is we came here because we wanted to love America, we wanted to work hard, and we wanted a future for our kids. Every, every father worked seven days a week. Seven days a week. Why? They wanted their son or daughter to go to college, to become a lawyer, to become a, a, a physician, a doctor, or something better right. than they were. And, and, of course, the opportunity was here. And when they say in the United States the streets were lined with gold, some people coming here, say, over the border or, or uh, uh, other places, they misread that to literally think that they can come here and jump on a hammock and get uh, you know money from the government and live, live large. No, what it means is this is the land of opportunity. That's what the streets aligned with gold means. If you work hard, you can succeed, and if, if you – if you don't have the, the best education, then, as you pointed out, Mr. Katz, your offspring can succeed in, uh, you know, noble professions in a, in a big way. And uh, you're a living proof of that right here. Well, I'll tell you. And, you know, with, with, my, with my kids, my son, I remember him in high school. And I said to, he said to me, Dad, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? I said to him, I don't care what you do. As long as you become better than your father, Bingo. And, yes. And I said that to my daughter too. Uh, and uh, uh, my son, I will certify you. He's now twenty-nine years old. I will certify that he is better than his father. Congratulations on your success. You know they say, uh, Mr. Katz. They say you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And when you see your own kids succeeding in life, it gives you you give, gives you eminent pleasure. And, uh, and that's the key to happiness in life. If you raise your kids right and they succeed, that is the key to happiness. That makes you happy, and you, know, you, can, you, you can rest on your laurels, and, uh, you know, life is good. And I'll tell you, it's all of us, the Irish, the, uh, the Spanish, uh, the Mexicans, all hardworking people, the, the Italians, uh, all hard, the, the Jews, hardworking uh, we all worked hard to have a better future. And, and that's the, what America is all about. So when they're letting people in, millions of people from the, from, the, from the border, from the border, not knowing who they are, that's hurting America. Killing us. And, and one of the reasons they're doing that is they want votes. 
and they're putting those people in the middle of the night. They, somebody has the master plan to put them in this neighborhood, that neighborhood, yep. that neighborhood where they need votes. And what happened when Cubans wanted to come in? They rejected the Cubans. You know why? Yes. Because the Cubans know how bad socialism is. The, the Cubans words, know the, how bad communism is. They would and vote they Republican. they didn't want those people. Right. They would vote Republican uh, because they know how bad socialism is. You're right about that. And it's, it's horrible what's going on in our country. And, uh, and I look, look at it. That this ties into uh, uh, just uh, current events right here. Yesterday, uh, uh, Joe Biden said we're going to take a paltry 100,000 uh, refugees from the Ukraine. Now, in my and they mind, know, and those hundred thousand people hate socialism and communism. Uh, exactly what and I was going to say. That's why it's a paltry one hundred thousand instead of a million. Bingo, John Katzmatita. That's exactly what I was going to say. Nobody has opined on that yet, but you know it. I know it. That's the reason for it. Well, uh, where's the breaking news? Breaking news. Yes, come on, let's hear it. Breaking news sound. Well, you, your guys are slow. My guys are 5 o'clock. You go well, bang, 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 bang. My guy's relatively... Breaking news. All right, ABC. You heard it first. The reason it's not a million Ukrainians and only 100,000 is because those the, the Ukrainians know how bad socialism and communism is. They would be rock-ribbed Republicans, right-wingers. Uh, they would vote the right way. Uh, you're absolutely right, John Katzmatidis, and uh, that's exactly what I was about to point out, and it's a disgrace. A uh, 100,000, I mean, these people are suffering. The, Europe is, is, is taking on a huge burden, and we could as well. We have we easily, as a matter of fact, if it was in some third-world country, this war going on and Biden was in the middle of it, I guarantee you that number would be closer to a million than 100,000. But as of now, it is just a... a that's a, it, that's, yep. and that's the reason... They, they don't want people that are anti-socialism. And um, you, you can't make it up, Bernie. No, no. It's, you can't uh, make it up. It's disgraceful. I mean, these people are sneaky and they're, uh, they're nefarious at every level, even on a level where it includes helping people who are in dire need. Uh, they're, they're still slick enough to pull something like this, a stupid, lousy 100,000. Let, me, let uh, me check the control room. Have we got that song yet? Oh, think, you have it. Now, I think we do. Now, this is, comes from the movie uh, with Jacqueline Bissett. And who's that Mexican uh, actor that always played uh, uh, Greek actors? Anthony Quinn. Anthony. This is Anthony Quinn and Jacqueline Bissett. Uh, Jacqueline Bissett played uh, Jackie Kennedy. And Anthony Quinn played Onassis. And they're on a yacht. I want everybody out there to dream being in the middle of the Aegean Sea on a yacht with the sun coming up and uh, 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 the beautiful blue sea. Let's play, uh, let's play at least a minute of it. Right. Go.
Thank you, guys. Could you imagine being in the middle of the Aegean Sea, the sun coming up, and a 200-foot yacht? See, 200-foot yacht was big those days. Now yep. you need at least 500-foot yachts to be, to be able to have a real yacht. Uh, true, but that's still dreamy, delightful, and uh, I'm, I was getting lost in it. It, it was beautiful. It's, it it's really just, was. You know, it's just a, it gives you a good feeling in your heart. And uh, Jacqueline Kennedy fell a little bit in love. She says, well, this is not so bad. And uh, he had the island of Scorpios, which was a, a private island that he controlled the whole island. And, and um, he, he wanted, she wanted to take her kids away from the Kennedys and give them a better life. And it was only three times a month that she had a put out as you said that's say. only three days a month that you yeah. have to put out all right you could do it and then yeah. on their on their on their on their then onassis had another girlfriend i uh, forget her name uh uh let's see M- melina mccurry melina mccurry was it no something i'm guessing like no there was Just something guessing. there was one of them and on their on their wedding night they were ready to go into their cabin to have their, their wedding night and the, the first mate walks in, uh, Mr. Nass says, you got a call. And uh, he picks up the phone, and he starts talking Greek, you know? Hello, Dovre. Yeah, no, it must have been his girlfriend. She gets, she gets pissed off. Am I allowed to say pissed off? Yes, you can, sir. Uh, he, she gets pissed off and gets up and leaves him on, on his wedding night. Oh, Wow. That's amazing, an amazing story right there. Uh, so he was, uh, he was a complete and total ladies' man, obviously. Oh, he loved the ladies. Yeah, as they say in my old neighborhood, he loved the ladies. Yep. But, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, so she left that night. Did they ever, uh, I mean, uh, that didn't, oh, yeah, that they, wasn't they, a very. They make up a day later, you know. A very inauspicious beginning to a marriage in any scenario. But, uh, well, but he, ma- he wanted to screw her. She, he, she screwed him back. By not getting laid on on their uh, wedding night. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That is a terrific story to kick off Greek Independence Day here on 77 WABC. Uh, John Katsimatidis, we are going to speak to uh, a great Greek-American. She's a congresswoman from Staten Island. Nicole Maliotakis. Also, uh, Tony Orlando. We're going to speak to him as well this morning. And State Senator Andrew Gornadis, who is also a Greek-American. On this uh, Greek Independence Day, Greek the, the, the independence, of course, from the Ottoman Empire, uh, two, I believe it's 213 years ago. In any case, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 is the number here on 77 WABC on the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katsimatidis. We're coming right back. here and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, I will not watch the Academy Awards on Sunday night. If you do watch, please let me know how the show is. First, some stats. The first award ceremony, the Oscars, took place on May 16, 1929. Viewership in 2001. 11 years ago, 43 million people watched the Oscar telecast. Last year, 10 million. 
That's down 75%. Why? Hollywood has collapsed under the weight of woke. Now, this year, the Best Picture nominees are Nightmare Alley, Don't Look Up, Dune, Drive My Car, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, King Richard, and Coda. All of those movies earned less than a million dollars their first opening weekend. I haven't seen any of them complete. I tried to watch West Side Story and Nightmare Alley. I couldn't get through them. They were too dull for me. Now, it used to be that big, big stars like Bob Hope, Johnny Carson hosted the Academy Award telecast. Now, nobody wants to do it. They can't get big names to host the show because this thing is so inconsequential. If you do watch the Oscars, have fun, and let me know how it goes. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. The stars won't come out If they know that you're about Oh, this is beautiful. Because they couldn't match the glow of your eyes first prize come on let's go tony Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show on 77 WABC. Listen to the app, folks, 77 WABC app. That is the great Tony Orlando. I mean, he made some terrific music. Gave us years and years of joy and pleasure with his music, and he's a great Greek-American. We're going to be speaking with Tony Orlando next hour. Uh, he once was the uh, actually the grand marshal of the Greek Independence Day Parade on Fifth Avenue. And uh, John Katzmatidis joins me in studio in uh, Sid Rosenberg's stead as he pursues an acting career. But, Mr. Katsimatidis, can I just say what a pleasure it is and has been all week long working with you? You're a fun guy. i got to tell you something. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to the people. I enjoy working with you. Hey, Sid, take more days off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, speaking of Tony Orlando, I know you know him very well. In fact, I think you were responsible for making him Grand Marshal of the Parade about, I believe it was 2008, the Greek Independence Day Parade. I was uh, chairman of the, uh, I've been chairman of the Greek Independence Day Parade for God knows, I'm like, God, oh, yes. decade. Uh, uh, and I'm the one that originally put it on uh, Channel 9. And uh, uh, we, and it, you know, the Astoria Greeks moving on up. Remember that song, Moving On sure, Up? Sure, sure. George Jefferson. George yeah. Jefferson. Good guy, George Jefferson. Yeah. But let me tell you, uh, Tony Orlando, uh, he's not, uh, I wouldn't say Greek American. You know what we call him? Uh, uh, I think I think I do. A Greek American. <laughs> and yeah. his father was uh, uh, Greek American uh, and a hardworking Greek. And he lived down uh, by Chelsea uh, on 22nd Street and 8th Avenue, 21st Street, 22nd Street and 8th Avenue. And not knowing anything about Tony Orlando, I bought those buildings, uh, you know, about uh, 30 years ago. Wow. And, um, uh, and his mother was Puerto Rican. And uh, when we made him the 
chairman or the grand marshal of the Greek Independence Day uh, parade, uh, he went right on top of a float singing all those great uh, uh, Tony Orlando songs right up Fifth Avenue. And then when he swung back, and I, I go up to him and said, how was it? And he was crying. He was crying his eyes out. Wow. And he said to me, I felt my father that watching over me as I went up at that. That's, uh, that is moving right there, yes. That is very moving. He's very a very moving. emotional guy. He, he really is. He is very yeah. emotional. He loves, uh, he loves the Puerto Rican people. He loves the Greek people. And he, he loves being part of both of them. Yes, and he's on Saturday nights here on 77 WABC. And his show is sponsored by Goya. And growing up as a Puerto Rican lad, Port- Greek Puerto Rican, um, there was lots of Goya products in his home. And he, 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 it's not lost on him uh, the honor, the, 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 you know, the full circle, how it's come, that Goya is sponsoring his show on Saturday nights on 77 WABC. And he's really moved by that as well. And uh, Robert Unain? Uh, who's CEO of Goya Foods, uh, and uh, he loved Tony Orlando, too, and he sponsored him. And we had dinner with him the other night, and he had just gotten back from, used to say, the Russian front. Well, the Ukrainian front. And uh, Goya supplied a ton, a ton of food for the Ukrainian uh, refugees coming by. And now, uh, yesterday, the whole week, we're doing a donation uh, for uh, the Ukraine people, uh, and you could go w to www.wabcradio.com well, uh, right. and go to the donation page or donation button, hit it, donate to the, to, uh, the Ukrainian people that are hungry, the refugees, and guess what? 100% of that money received from our audience, and I know my my company, Red Apple Group, is going to, uh, or the John Casperty's Foundation, will match it up to uh, at least twenty five thousand uh, dollars, and uh, uh, don't. And I'm going to give it to Robert Unain to buy Goya products, beans, whatever, because they're very healthy for you. And, and he's to, a yes. And to distribute it in Ukraine, so there's no middleman, no middleman. Is that is that an impossibility in life? You know. A hundred cents of the dollar from from uh, our listeners goes to WABC Radio Foundation, goes directly to uh, Robert Unain of, of Goya Foods to buy food for the Ukrainian people. No middleman, a hundred cents, a hundred percent, and we get the, the product for wholesale at Goya. So it's, it's better than no middleman. Much better, yes. Uh, and you are very, again... You have a big heart, John Katzmatidis. You came up with this idea spontaneously on the air a couple of days ago and made it a reality here by the end of the week, uh, this, uh, this effort to donate to the humanitarian crisis in the Ukraine. Again, you go to wabcradio.com, go to the donations page, and uh, just follow what uh, Mr. Katz just told you to, to help these people out. There's no scams here, no middleman. And I did hear uh, on your show uh, late yesterday, uh, uh, John, I heard Bob walk into the studio just back, as you point out, from, as they used to say, the Russian front, the Ukraine front, uh, where he was, uh, you know, he was actually helping. That's the kind of good people uh, you and he are giving back, uh, as you guys have done so well, uh, giving back to people in need. 
Again, it's WABCRadio.com. So uh, my thanks to you, Mr. Katz, for being such a, you know, such a, a generous and uh, a good guy. Now, in the studio right now with us is Emily Penka, and she just told me that she is 8% Greek. Emily, oh, wow. turn on Emily's microphone. Are you 8% Greek? Uh, yes, I am, John. 42% Italian and 8% Greek. And I'm, I am 26%. I'm 26 or 28, if I got 26% Italian and, uh, what was it, like 64% Greek or something like that? Yeah, sounds right. Uh, but 6% Jewish. I make Rabbi Patashnik happy. <laughs> now, and- now, 8%, you know, the translation of 8% uh, Greek, you know what that translation is? No. If you are uh, 12% Greek, that's mm-hmm. a grandfather, one grandfather or one grandmother. Okay. If you're six percent Greek, that's a great grandmother or great grandfather. Okay. So either it's eight when it's eight percent. Yeah. You had uh, a, a great grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, no, a great grandfather. Yeah. And maybe a grandmother Alexa. screwing around. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> so Those Greeks are lovers, right? Yeah. So, Greeks like and the Italians. Italians. Oh, so Emily, there's no bigger lovers in the world than the Greeks and Italians. So there you go. That uh, uh, that's very true. Uh, so now Emily, the French are going to get mad at us. Uh oh. <laughs> you have, have a, a little French. We celebrate too. zero French holidays uh, on WABC. Yeah. What's going on with that? What's going on with that? We got to look into this. Not, not Bernie, so. Your call. Uh, listen, I, I actually, uh, the the engineer Lou was talking in my ear, so I didn't exactly hear what you just said. That six, to be a great grandfather, to be six percent. Uh, Greek, it's a great grandfather, right? Great grandmother. Oh, okay. To be twelve percent, right. it's a grandmother or one grandmother or one grandfather. I see. I see. You know, I'm uh, not good at math, and plus uh, these days, I, I guess math is racist, so I, I don't engage in math, so I don't have the I'm answer. I'm not good at English. Don't forget, it's my second language. Uh, oh, that's true. That's right. Uh, you, 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 Kate, you, you, you were here. I didn't learn at, English until fi- I got to kindergarten. Right. You came here at five months old. Or you were. When did you come Six here? Six months old. Six months old. And I, my parents spoke Greek at home, so I was at a disadvantage. I learned a little bit of English from a five inch Emerson television set. A great, great, great TV set, five inches, Emerson. Uh, and, um, and then when I went to kindergarten, and my, my teacher at PS 192 was uh, Mrs. Oh, my God. Caden, I think. Caden. And I started to learn English slowly, but I learned it from the TV set and going to school in kindergarten. And that put me in a disadvantage. When I took my SATs, I was still very weak in English, but I was very strong in math. Well, look, look it, it, it turned out, whatever it was, it turned out, Really, really well, uh, John Katzmatidis. You've exceeded all expectations, no doubt, of all your uh, your grandparents, your parents, and everybody. And we're all happy for it and the better for it, the fact that you did. Uh, Emily Pankow, she ha- happens to be a Red Apple attorney. Emily, you accounted for 50% of your heritage. What is the other 50%? She's, she's uh, well, what she percentage does, she Italian she, are you now? Uh, 42%. 42%. Oh, and 8% uh, Greek. Mm-hmm. I have now, a little. Mm-hmm. Have you figured out who's who in your heritage? Um, I never really delved too far did into you take it. A DNA? You took I did the Ancestry.com. Yes, that's, yeah. where I, that's where we found right. out exactly these percentages. But they're more sophisticated these days. Maybe you should yeah, do it again. Yeah, they've evolved. Yeah, you get, they update your results. They'll tell you when they get more specific. 
They're yeah, very, very I'm, good. I'm 23 and uh, uh, in me or something. Now, I, I believe that her sister, the person that runs that, her sister is with YouTube, which is a racist organization. See, I can say that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, they, they, they knocked off uh, one of Morano's shows uh, because uh, 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 of a... Yeah. Something that Roger Stone said. Roger Stone. Yeah, right. indeed. They're an authoritarian fascist uh, outfit. Is YouTube these days, uh, you know, arbitrarily uh, canceling and censoring people? It's ridiculous. Listen, Emily and uh, John, we're out of time for this segment, but we will be speaking with Nicole Maliotakis in the next segment. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Ladies and gentlemen, download it. You will become addicted to it. It's very entertaining and informative. Also heard out on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. Right now we are honored to be joined. I'm in the studio. By the way, in studio for Sid is the owner of Red Apple Media, John Katzmatidis, a great guy. He owns WABC Radio, of course. And uh, so he's going to join us, uh, join me in this interview with our next guest, who is the congresswoman from Staten Island and parts of Brooklyn, a great, a proud Greek American. Her name is Nicole Maliotakis. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning, Bernie. Good morning, John. No, see, she's not a Greek American. She's a Greek or Cuban. Uh, that's right. Just, uh, you know, we talked to uh, Tony Orlando, and he's a Greek Rican. It must like those Greek men must like those Latin girls, <laughs> and with good reason, I would say. Uh, so, Nicole, uh, let's talk about Greek Independence Day. Obviously, the Greeks got their independence from the Ottoman Empire uh, a couple of centuries ago, but it's still a source of pr big, huge pride for the Greeks these days. Absolutely. I mean, um, when you when you look at uh, even what's going on with Ukraine today, uh, these countries, you know, they want their sovereignty, willing to fight for their sovereignty and for their freedoms and for democracy. And uh, Greece uh, is such a, a good example. Um, and and John and I, I know, uh, feel the same about this. We're very very proud of our Greek heritage. Um, but you know, even even today, that sovereignty of Greece is is, is sometimes threatened when you see aggressive actions by Turkey and the Greek islands, and as a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee, um, certainly I've been very vocal about my concerns. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we are very proud today. It is a great day for all Greek Americans uh, and the Greek diaspora around the world um, because uh, Greece has set an example uh, for the world in terms of uh, democracy uh, and it is something that so many countries, unfortunately, hope for and pray for, such as my mother's homeland of Cuba. They also want their freedom. Uh, they don't want to live under communist rule. And so uh, there's so many people that envy um, what the Greeks have, what the Americans have. And we all, must always remember that, because unfortunately there are those who want to change this country from within. Uh, and, and it is up to those of us who are freedom-loving people to push back on those policies that would try to change this country for the worse. Absolutely. Uh, Nicole Maliotakis on the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katsimatidis. Uh, Nicole, to that end, uh, the and talking about immigrants, uh, John and I were talking last half hour. Uh, the president is in Brussels embarrassing himself left and right, feeble and cranky and indecisive and saying things he shouldn't be saying. But one of the things that he, uh, the policy that he laid out go going forward is that the United States will take in 100,000 uh, uh, Ukrainian refugees, 
which seems to a lot of people to be a very paltry number. And John and I were surmising that it's because they may vote Republican in this case, just like the Cuban people. Mm. Yeah, it it does seem that his policy toward immigration changes, right, when it comes to uh, those who may be uh, conservative-leaning constituencies. Uh, We saw what he he did to the Cubans, saying they were going to be sent back if they came to the United States. Uh, And, and yes, it is a low number. Um, I do believe the NATO countries do need to also share the burden, so perhaps that's part of the reason. But what I will say is that I have a large Ukrainian uh, population in my district, and they are longing to reunite with their relatives. In fact, we are uh, helping a a couple right now. Uh, They should be arriving today uh, from Moldova, a a husband who is a U.S. citizen, wife who is a Ukrainian citizen. They were staying in Ukraine as they waited for uh, her visa to be approved. It's been over a year. We intervened. We were able to get them uh, processed in Moldova, and they're, they're going to be coming home to the United States today, back to Staten Island, which I'm very happy about. We're also helping other relatives, senior citizens who are parents of another constituent um, who is going to be processed in Israel, uh, because, as you know, the Ukrainian embassy is closed, and so we have to get their files transferred. So, you know, my office, and I hope other members of Congress, are helping to reunite these uh, individuals, particularly those uh, who have... American families here, we should be trying to do as much as we can to help bring those Ukrainian refugees to reunite them. And you know those Ukrainians hate communism and they hate socialism. So I'd rather bring a million more of them here than just 100,000 of them. Yeah, well, John, and it's interesting. I think a lot of immigrants right now are very afraid of the policies of the Democrats. I have a very diverse district, and I can tell you the Chinese community Korean community, Egyptian community, Syrian, Lebanese communities, all very concerned with what the Democrats are proposing. They've seen this movie before in many ways. Um, so it's not just, uh, you know, Ukrainians and Russians who, as you say, have fled communism, lived under Soviet Union rule and don't want to go back to that, uh, but also the Latino community. They're concerned about, you know, family values, about what they're teaching our children in schools. They're concerned about crime. We saw numbers turn out for Curtis Sliwa in this mayor's race from the Hispanic community and the Chinese community that we hadn't seen before. Uh, and we also saw it in the presidential race last year. And, so you know, the Latino people, attention. the Latino people are very religious, very religious people. And I don't know why the Democratic Party uh, in the last few years, the last five years, 10 years, ever since President Obama has become anti-religion. And, I mean, that's horrible. Why? People need something to pray to. People need something to believe in. People need hope. And, and, and that's what it's about. Now, let me tell you, let me ask you one more question, uh, uh, Nicole. Uh, how your father was Greek and he was an immigrant. I think you know, your mother is Cuban and she was an immigrant. Tell me, tell me how they met. <laughs> well, it's a quintessential New York love story, right? They met here. Uh, and, and there was an older gentleman that they both knew, and it was a matchmate. And uh, so, so, you know, I, like I say, it's a quintessential love story, both people coming from different parts of the world to live their American dream under very different circumstances. My father came here for, you know, opportunity um, to have a better life, uh, to have a family with, you know. And my mom came here as a refugee fleeing communism, wanting freedom and wanting liberty. Uh, but together they did 
achieved their American dream. They, they, they owned a small business. Uh, they were able to purchase a home. And that's what we want to give for future generations. And, and what we're seeing under Democratic policies is that American dream slipping away. They have a war right now on the working class. It is harder to get by in the city. It's becoming more expensive every day because of the mandates, the regulations, the taxes to keep squeezing the middle class and driving them out of our city. Uh, and we're going to lose our middle class in New York City uh, if we continue to allow this one-party rule that has implemented ridiculous policy after one uh, after ridiculous policy. Nicole Maliotakis, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, on the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katzmatidis. By the way, Nicole is running for, again, re-election. She's up in November. Her website is NicoleForNewYork.com. You have to go there and help Nicole out. She's running against this uh, weasel, Max Rose, who actually ran, who actually marched with Black Lives Matter in front of an, an NYPD police precinct. Pretty disgusting, but that's the guy she's running against. So go to NicoleForNewYork.com. And, Nicole, uh, uh, one other thing you're doing for New York regarding this Ukraine thing, of course. Uh, well, of course, gas prices have been rising because of Joe Biden's energy policies, anti-energy policies here in, in the United States. Now it's the war in the Ukraine. So you, along with uh, Congressman Zeldin, are proposing that the that New York State cut cut out the gas tax. Where do we stand on that? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we want President Biden to ramp up domestic production. You know, they're, they're, you know we're making much less than what we were producing in 2019 at our height. And so there's opportunity for growth here. But these guys are so obsessed with, uh, you know, climate, which, by the way, I don't see how importing Russian oil or Venezuelan oil is, is better for the climate. We need diversification, all, all for clean, renewable energy. But we need to ramp up traditional sources right now. And, and that, I think, is the first and foremost thing the president can be doing to lower the gas prices. And I know John and I have talked about this before. The other thing is, for, for relief, the state can, uh, see, can stop its collection of it's gas tax. We have one of the highest gas taxes in the nation, and, you know, 33 to 35 cents a gallon uh, would be a big relief for everyday people who are just struggling to get by, fill their tanks, and drop their kids off at school, run their errands, and go to work. Um, but, but in addition to that, and I'm glad you brought up the issue of Max Rose marching with the defund the police movement, I want to say one other thing that we've been working on. Um, I went to Washington and said I was going to fight for more resources for our NYPD. And in the defense, defense bill that we recently passed, I was able to secure $3 million for our NYPD for its canine unit, for forensic equipment, and for its um, protective equipment to keep our officers safe. So we all have a part to play uh, in, in, in making New York a safer place, but also an affordable place to live. And I hope that the politicians in Albany will finally do something to fix this ridiculous bail law. It, it needs to get repealed. It has been a disaster. It's led to crime skyrocketing. Thousands of people have been released and then went on to commit thousands of more crimes. And yet they keep saying there's nothing wrong. I, I just, I, it's unimaginable to me that they, they, say, they continue to say this. And by the way, that's the other reason why immigrant groups are going to vote Republican this year, because they see how they're less safe as a result of these policies. Plus uh, the fact that, uh, and you're part of the, the fight against this, which is this, uh, Eric Adams is still hell-bent, uh, like de Blasio, on closing Rikers Island and putting jails in, in our communities in the five boroughs. You're leading the fight against that as well. 
Yeah, and that's the other thing that was the difference between Max Rose and I. Uh, he supports building jails in the boroughs and closing Rikers. I do not. And this is a big issue where you see Chinese Americans filing lawsuits uh, against building one in downtown Manhattan. Uh, you were seeing uh, uh, you know, the Hispanic community in the Bronx shouting from the rooftops, talking about how they don't want a jail in their community. And the same thing in downtown Brooklyn. Nobody wants a jail in their community because they know it's going to attract crime. And with people being arrested and re-released at the pace that they are in this city, um, certainly it's going to bring bad actors to their neighborhood. But in addition to that, Rikers is perfect where it is. It's on an island for a reason. And when we had multiple inmates try to escape, they didn't, were unsuccessful because they were on that island. Exactly. What I believe they and be what, somebody is, said they want to put alligators around Rikers Island. Yeah, but the waters are so, so rough, the alligators can't even survive. That's, the waters are great, perfect, ideal. The, the, the notion that you want to close Rikers Island is the dumbest thing to come down to Pike in years. Yeah, use the money that you wanted to spend to build the jail, to rehab the buildings, retrofit the buildings, modernize them, make them safer, add more staff, uh, and make it more humane for the inmates and safer for the officers. That's what needs to be done, and I've been saying that since I ran for mayor in 2017. Nicole Maliotakis, you are a terrific congresswoman from Staten Island and parts of Brooklyn. Uh, NicoleForNewYork.com. The guy running against Nicole marched with Black Lives Matter in front of a, a, a new NYPD police precinct. He was down with the defund the police movement, as Nicole just laid out. You have to go to NicoleForNewYork.com and help Nicole Maliotakis return to Congress. Nicole, happy Greek Independence Day, and thank you for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katsimatidis. Great to be with both of you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, listen, we're going to speak to uh, Tony Orlando next hour in, uh, on this Greek Independence Day, which we will be celebrating all day long on 77 WABC, in addition to covering the top issues here on the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katzmatidis. We'll be right back. Back here in the Bernie and Sid Show on this Greek, happy Greek Independence Day. We are celebrating Greek Independence Day all day long on 77 WABC. And uh, joining me in studio, Sid is out pursuing his acting career. So John Katsimatidis. Opa! He's back. Opa! Yeah, he, how, how beautiful is that music, John? I, I love that music. Let me tell you something. When I am in Greece, and I go there you know, maybe once a year, uh, and I'm in, uh, uh, and I'm in the Cafenillo, and I'm dripping, having a little bit of coffee and some ouzo, and I'm listening to that music, and I want to break plates. Don't forget, in my last birthday party, we broke 10,000 plates. <laughs> and I understand we may be breaking some plates in the studio today. Today, yes, of now, course. We need new plates, so we break the old ones, and we buy new ones. Well, we keep America working that way. Isn't that the way it's done? Absolutely. Remind, you got to break heads. Reminds head. me of a great state of a great story. I was in Texas having uh, uh, with a guy named Bill Wooten. Uh, we used to watch the races at Seven Eleven. Used to have the race cars, and we went out to dinner. And we were on the second floor in the restaurant. And we weren't getting much service. So 
you know, being Greek, and we had dirty dishes on the table. We opened the window. We were throwing the dishes out the, out the window. <laughs> and that's how we cleaned up the table. Yeah, you got to take, hey, listen, desperate times call for desperate measures. Absolutely. And that was uh, one hell of a way to get attention. Uh, John Katzmatidis again. by the way, in the studio with us, we have George Venizelos, uh, who's assistant director in charge of the whole New York office, which is 10% of the whole FBI, the largest uh, office. And uh, now he works with Red Apple Group, and he's uh, chief operating officer of the Federal Law Enforcement Foundation. George, welcome to uh, the studio. It's great to be here. Bernie, it's great to be here with you and John. A pleasure, George. Thank you. Thank you for now, your Bernie, service. Bernie, yes, yes, last, on St. Patrick's Day, I changed my name to Ovenizelos. I Today, like that. That's good. you're McGurkopolis. Oh, so I'm going to go with that. You're Greek for a day, Bernie. You're the Greek rest, for a day. The, the rest of the morning, I'm going to go with that. And uh, you have to drink uh, ouzo instead of uh, scotch. <laughs> uh, well, can I drink both? Absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, I'm Irish. So, uh, yes. So, no, it sounds great. Uh, yes, George. Uh, so you are obviously a proud Greek-American yourself. I mean, this is the day to celebrate. So it's great to have you in studio. Uh, how, you'll be celebrating here at 77 WABC breaking plates, I would assume. Oh, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Now, George, your, your, your father was an immigrant and your mother was an immigrant? Or so some, one of them was born here already? Yeah, my, my mother was born here. My father came in his 20s. Uh, he was an immigrant um, from the Kalamata region of Greece. And my mother was born and raised in Lowell, Massachusetts, which at the time in the 20s was like a little Greece there. A lot of Greeks up there, but her parents were, were immigrants. And what, what did your father do? My father was a, was a port captain. He was in the shipping business for a, a large Greek shipping company at the time. And at the time, it was the largest, Hellenic Lines, in Brooklyn. Uh, they owned a pier in Brooklyn. And um, I remember as a little kid, I used to go to the pier uh, on Saturdays with him. I'd drive with him on Saturdays. Um, he was a very hardworking individual who left the house at 5 in the morning and then never, never had dinner with us, would come home at 9 or whenever he gets home. And, and then you went to school, uh, and at what point did you uh, go to work? I understand you worked for the, the Drug Enforcement Agency, too, and then you went to work for the FBI, and you worked yourself all the way to the top. Tell people how you did that. Yeah, I, I, you know, the FBI, you know, I lived next door to a retired FBI agent, so the FBI was always a dream of mine. Um, but being with Greek parents, you know, Greek parents want you to be a lawyer or, or a doctor. I was pre-med at Fordham University. But then um, I got the, the opportunity to switch to accounting because at the time, accountants and lawyers uh, are the best way to get an FBI. And then um, I was a DEA right out of college pretty much. I was a 22-year-old DEA agent. Wow. Um, uh, it, it was uh, back then in you know, 1983, the DEA, is, it, was, it, was, it was 1,800 people around the whole country. And then eventually I made my way into the FBI at, at the age of 30. And so, George, uh, the, the FBI, a very reputable organization. Of late, though, recent years, the, uh, the, the, the brass of the FBI, the, the head honchos, et cetera, et cetera, they've been in the news a lot and haven't acquitted themselves very well. I, I wonder what the rank and file thing. I'm talking about, of course, Comey, Stroke, and Page, right. who, by the way, are being sued by President Trump. He dropped that lawsuit on him yesterday. But uh, the rank and file, terrific, wonderful individuals, are dedicated to uh, you know keeping America safe. Uh, you guys, uh, yeah. How did the rank and file feel about the events of the last few years? Um, obviously, the rank and file wasn't happy that the FBI got dragged into politics. You know, 
the tradition of the FBI is not to get involved in politics because right. we have to investigate both sides. Sure. And we have to follow up on all allegations. We can't just turn a blind eye. But the trend now is the media media wants to investigate the cases. The media wants to put their own spin on cases. The media wants to make um, people bad guys. The the media, just like, you know, defund the police, you know, and putting the DAs in office, yes. they want to they marginalize the FBI. So you're going to have a lot of this negative stuff on the FBI from both sides, you know. And, and I'm a believer that in order, this country needs a very strong FBI because the FBI are the people that will keep people honest on both sides at, at the House. And so it's, it's very discouraging to see. It's very discouraging. It, it breaks my heart to see what they've been going through over the last five years. Yes. Um, I, I could tell you from spending 24 years in the FBI and four years in DEA, the FBI employees are some of the most dedicated employees you're ever going to have in this country. They work from early morning to night. Uh, they're tremendous public servants. Um, in the field, Washington's a different animal. Washington, you, the more time you spend in Washington, the more time you get caught up in all the political BS. Um, but in the field, like in New York office, for example, New York office always does the right thing, no matter who they're investigating, and they still do, but we just don't get involved in, in, the, in the PR, the papers. Right. No, the FBI, the CIA, which uh, Curtis labels criminals in action, the DEA, all these uh, national security organizations should absolutely be apolitical. I mean, it really, really yeah. is uh, disgraceful what happened, and, and not a reflection, again, on the rank and file. Uh, George Venizelos says we celebrate Greek Independence Day on 77 WABC on the Bernie and Sid Show, and I am Bernie McGurkopoulos. i got to get that one right. I love that. Uh, with John Katsimatidis, the greatest, uh, most celebrated Greek-American in New York City, John. Oh, I'm going to break some plates today. <laughs> Absolutely right. And I'm going to have one Uzo. One Uzo. You know, you have one Uzo at 140 proof. It puts hair on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes for the women, too. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> They're going to need a razor. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time here. And, uh, you know, it, it, and that's the thing, George, uh, with uh, people, immigrants especially, right. uh, your, your forefathers, et cetera, they really come to this country and they're the people who appreciate, especially uh, current-day immigrants. But, you know, my mother and father, they came from Ireland. They were off the boat. Neither had a high school diploma. But they did very well. I mean, working class, but still were able to raise a family of four on a uh, bus driver's salary. My father, as yours, was never home, seven days a week working. But still, if you work hard, and, you, and as John was saying earlier, the hope is you, you have your kids do better than you. So that's why immigrants in particular, Greek, Irish, Italian, African, whatever it is, all love the United States of America. And also, I think no matter what heritage you come from, everybody should be proud of their heritage. And that's what I love about New York City, or New York in general. It's the melting pot. You know, growing up here was great because you got to be friends with everybody. You know, we all need to come together as a, a human race and, and, and do the right thing. You know, the Greeks are very proud people, and, and I witnessed it when I when I had success. I never, you know, I was, you know, I, I grew up in a town in New Jersey where I was Irish and Italian. I didn't have many Greek friends. I didn't really grow up with a lot of Greek friends. Um, but when I became successful in the FBI, 
I saw the Greek pride and how proud they were. And when it was the Grand Marshal of the Greek Parade, which I would, I did it, but I didn't really realize the importance of it. Wow. Tremendous importance. I had you no know? idea you were. That's yeah, it, from, it, yes. Yeah, in, in 2013. And, the, and the, the pride that they had in me and, and successful Greeks was, 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 was amazing. It was the experience of my lifetime. I just wish my parents at the time were alive to see it, but I know they were watching from up above. Um, but it, the, the Greeks are very proud people. They're very hardworking Absolutely. people. Absolutely. You know? you're, you're also a chief operating officer of the uh, Federal Law Enforcement Foundation. Yeah. And they, they, that uh, organization does a lot of good things. Yeah, the Federal Law Enforcement Foundation, for people don't know, it, it's been around for over, like 33 years. It's probably one of the, the best federal law enforcement foundations Founded in the by, country. Founded uh, by Tony Bergamo, Bergamo and Zane Tenkel. Right. You know, and... And we do a lot. They're, they're kind of a low-key organization. They do behind the scenes. They support people in need. They give scholarships to federal employee kids. Um, they always have the back of the federal employees as well as NYPD and state and local employees. Our main goal is to bring federal, state, local together to work together as a team. Because when people work together, we're unbeatable. When people don't work together, that's what a problem is. And that's what's the problem of this country right now. The people aren't coming together for the common good. You know, we need to come together as a country, and we, we need to, to stand up to these people who are trying to, to divide this country. And they're succeeding. That's the sad thing. This, uh, this foreign influence is succeeding in dividing this country, and they're laughing at us. You're absolutely right. Well put, George. Uh, listen, George Venizelos, a former assistant FBI director of New York, and now a Red Apple a security expert, uh, George, but you're right. Right here in New York City, I think the tide, He's though, may... Re- not only security expert, he runs, uh, helps run the overall company. Yeah, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so George, uh, a very influential member of Red Apple Media, which is an incredible organization in itself. But you see, uh, uh, George, the uh, maybe the tide is turning. I think there's been an epiphany, yes. an awakening, and people, there's, been, there's going to be a backlash, and hopefully... Uh, just like in 1980 or actually 81 when, when Reagan took office, there was mourning in America, and I think we're going to experience that. I hope to God we're going to experience it, that after November of 2022. The world culture, we're going to kick yes. their butt. <laughs> I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. You see it coming, I'm telling you. And I see it. I hear it in the streets. Yeah. I hear it with the, my and, friends. And, and, and the governor, the governor uh, uh, we're on her side to help kick the butt of the state senate and the state assembly, we're going to kick your butts. And uh, we all we want, all we want is safety in our streets. That's not too much to ask no, for, guys. No, it's, not it's, too much to ask for. No. We don't want to kick your right. butt. We want you to do the right thing. That's all we want. It's your job. That's yeah. job number one for any politician is a security for their constituents. That is job number one. Without that, everything else falls apart. And, and I'll tell you, Bernie. It, your, your morning show was said in John's afternoon drive show. You have no idea how many people in government tell me, thank God we have people telling the truth and getting the truth out and, and helping. We are playing, you guys are playing a major role in helping with this fight, believe me. And you guys, both, both shows do a great job. And that's why WABC has gone from number 28 when we bought mm-hmm. it, March 1, 2020, mm-hmm. to the top five, maybe number even three or four right now. Oh, definitely. It's probably even better. 
the yeah. stats. We, we had a caller the other day who uh, called it, phoned in, and said that, and thanked uh, Mr. Katsimatidis for saving free speech in New York City, in New York, in the country, actually, by by rejuvenating, uh, buying and rejuvenating WABC Radio because this is where you come for free speech and the truth, et cetera, et cetera. Because otherwise, there are no other venues for uh, this this type of uh, you know opining. You get you get the mainstream media, which uh, distorts, they're corrupt, they're biased, but not here on 77 WABC. So, again, thanks to uh, the man sitting next to you, George, John Katsimatidis. Yes. No, he's a wonderful man, unbelievable man. He certainly is, and so are you, George. Again, former assistant FBI director in New York here. and uh, McGurk, that's yes. why you have to live for another 20 years. We need you on the radio. <laughs> I plan to uh, thank you, John Katsimatidis. That's McGurkopolis uh, yes, this morning. Bernie. Bernie McGurkopolis. So, George, thank you so much thank for you. What, your public service and what you do now for Red Apple Media. We thank you. And that was a great segment, uh, having that conversation with you. Thank you so much, Thank George. you. Thank you, Bernie, and good luck. Uh, thank Bye. you, sir. On the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katzmatidis, we're going to talk to Tony Orlando. We're going we're to tackle the top issues here on the Bernie and Sid Show. 1-800-848-WABC is the number. We're coming right back. This is beautiful. Who right. loves you, baby? You know where that came from, uh, Bernie? Uh, no, well, I, I when, thought it was Telly Savalas, but uh, no, maybe. No, no, no. Uh, no dancing in the aisles when Aristotle Onassis owned Olympic Airlines. He was given Olympic Airlines. Ah. Uh, and that was, uh, they, they had a big commercial of no uh, Greeks dancing in the aisles of the uh, 747 as it was going across. Uh, that's hilarious. Isn't yeah. that hilarious? Yes, because the music and the, the, the Greek spirit would make you want to get up and dance in the aisles. So he had to have that edict. That is funny. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, again, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app, with John Katsimatidis as Sid is out today pursuing his acting career as we celebrate Greek Independence Day all, late, all day long on 77 WABC. Now, now back to America. Yes, sir. What's going on in the news? What's going on? You know, people, in the, we're in America. We're in New York. We're the headquarters of the world. What's going on in the news? Well, uh, you know, a lot of it is international uh, right now. You have, of course, uh, the president out in Brussels, the second day of a NATO summit, an emergency NATO summit. And the president just, uh, you know, exuding weakness, feeble, cranky. Uh, he's snapping at reporters. Yesterday and uh, saying things maybe he should not say. He was asked about, uh, you know, if the, the Russians use chemical weapons, what the response might be. And he just sounded just so weak. Uh, play cut three, Lou, please. We would respond. We would respond if he uses it. The nature of the response would depend on the nature of the use. It would trigger a response in kind, whether or not you're asking whether NATO would cross. We'd make that decision at the time. I mean, where's the passion? Where's the anger if, he, if Putin uses chemical weapons? Listen to the contrast that to the way uh, President Trump laid down the law to uh, Kim Jong-un of North Korea when he was talking tough. Just listen to the, the difference between Biden and Trump. Cut 19, Lou. North Korea 
best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. I mean, that's a leader. That's how you actually uh, you talk to your, uh, your, your opposition, your opponent, your enemy. That's how you do it. Well, we'll respond in kind. Can't even get the words out. Yes, sir, John. Bernie, I'll tell you the way it is. At this stage of the game, uh, everybody is in the major leagues. If Putin tries to use chemical weapons at this stage of the game, well, you know, if, if somebody from Russian intelligence is listening, if somebody from Moscow is listening, let me tell you something. Better tell Mr. Putin what happened to Gaddafi, what happened to Saddam Hussein, his billions and billions and billions don't mean anything. The world's going to turn on him, and he'll be molasses. Yeah, yeah, he could end up uh, like mo- his billions don't mean anything at that point. No, no, no. Like you say, they uh, got they got Gaddafi and they got uh, Saddam Hussein. And it was uh, Saddam Hussein got off lucky. He faced the gallows. The United States hung him. Uh, uh, Gaddafi. It was brutal. He was ripped apart in the streets by his own people, uh, somewhat like Mussolini, who was hung from a lamppost, uh, you know, uh, at the end of World War II because of what he did. But, uh, yeah, you're right about that. uh, My advice to uh, Vladimir is retreat, retreat, retreat. Say, I'm sorry to the world. Make a deal with Biden to all is forgiven. And that's his only way to survival. Because his death threats, his chemical weapons don't mean crap. No. And he would be lucky to get off with, uh, you know, what we'll call it a day. Give him sort of a face saving, uh, as as they're calling it these days, diplomatic off ramp. Uh, He would be lucky to get off with that. And Zelensky, by the way, should go for it because the the suffering is just off the charts. Putin went too far. He went too far. He, he did. He didn't have to uh, uh, do what he did to those small little cities. I mean, I mean it's horrible. And, you know, and his generals were afraid of him, and that's why they did it. His generals didn't want to do that, mow down the Ukrainian people. They're cousins. They are. The They're Russians and the Ukrainians are cousins. They did, his generals didn't want to do them, but they didn't want to get shot in the head by uh, Putin's uh, Secret Service. Exactly right. And, of course, his army has been exposed as really a paper tiger. I mean, they, they've lost. They, they couldn't take uh, the Ukraine in two or three days, which they, they anticipated doing. And uh, now they're, they're stuck in a quagmire. Russian intelligence. Listen to John. Retreat, retreat, retreat. And, you know, make, try, to get, try to get forgiveness. Absolutely right. But uh, the problem, I think, uh, John Katsimatidis, is that uh, Putin is not really talking to many people. As a matter of fact, the Pentagon spokesman, this guy, Admiral Kirby, listen to what he said about, uh, you know, trying to communicate with Putin. You have uh, Austin, uh, the the defense secretary. You have the Joint Chiefs of Staff head, uh, General Milley. Listen to what John Kirby said yesterday. 12, Lou. Cut 12. 
tried uh, on numerous occasions to connect Secretary Austin with his counterpart, Chairman Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, has also tried to connect with his counterpart. We've made multiple uh, 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 multiple uh, attempts here, uh, but they have not uh, they have not answered up. They've declined to, to take these calls. So they're not uh, taking uh, Defense Secretary Austin's or General Milley's calls. I mean, uh, that is the highest insult that they're not even communicating, you know, back in a back channel way. And again, as others have uh, said before, they would definitely take Donald Trump's calls or his, uh, you know, his, his, his national security team's calls. They certainly would, but it's because we have such a weak president. They have no respect for him whatsoever. They just laugh at him, actually. And Saudi Arabia does not return to these calls either. Saudi Arabia and the UAE. You're right, exactly. And this is the leadership that we have. This is the crisis that we're in right now. Don't forget, we're supposed to be the United States of America is supposed to be in charge of the free world. And the free world is only two, two and a half billion people. You have tyrants in charge of the other six billion people. So if we don't take charge and protect the other two billion people of the civilized world, you know what's going to happen? It's gonna, you know yeah. what's going to happen? You're going to have eight billion dollars. You're going to have the dictators running the entire world. And tell these people that are tiptoeing through the tulips that think the ha 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 the world's going to be great. Bullsh! I can't say that. Oh, uh, that was close. But I, uh, I, I was close. I appreciate the passion. Bull, though. bull that, crap! Can I say bull crap? You can say that. Absolutely. And, and, and say to them, if the United States of America doesn't protect the free world, and we have a weak president, we're done for. You know, I mean, I want to. I want my kids and grandkids to to be able to live to see the 300th year of the United States of America, and if we allow these foreign influences to to take control of our country, so this November, guys, guys and gals out there, you, everybody has to vote this November. In New York, you got to vote for for peace and tranquility. You got to vote that the 3,000 criminals have to go to jail, have to go to jail. If they're not civilized, they can't live among 8.5 million civilized people. No, sorry. In Washington, or on a national scale, vote. Vote for the balance of power. Vote for to be able to even override, override President Biden. That's uh, something to work for. Absolutely right. And, you know, uh, this is something that you can speak to in particular, John Katzmatidis, is that uh, Joe Biden said yesterday that, yes, there's a famine coming to the globe because of this war, because Ukraine and partially Russia is the breadbasket of the world because they put out so much wheat. They export so much wheat. And so Joe Biden said yesterday that famine is coming to parts of the globe and maybe food shortages to the United States. Uh, and again, you are in the. Uh, the I won't food be business. able to get my Hagendas? Apparently not, according to Joe Biden. I mean, this is the disaster that has been caused by these people, who, by the way, knew that this invasion was coming. The uh, they made no secret that they had troops and tanks amassing on the borders of Ukraine, the borders of Ukraine for months, and they did nothing, nothing to deter it whatsoever. And Bernie, when we have time later, if we have time, I will tell you a story of why we got this ourselves in this mess. Newt Gingrich, the former speaker that is a historian, I interviewed him for Sunday's show, and he told me the history of how this whole thing between the United States 
and Russia and Putin began. But we'll save it for, for the next hour. That is quite the tease. John Katzmatidis. Uh, thank you, sir. On the Bernie and Sid Show. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's Frank Bruno law.com frank bruno he's your numero uno back here on the bernie and sid show and today on 77 wabc and all day we're celebrating greek independence day and of course brought to you by goya as is tony orlando's saturday night show it airs 10 p.m. to midnight every single Saturday night on 77 WABC, and it is terrific. Tony Orlando joins me on the line right now. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, my friend. It's always great listening to you on the air. I, pr- uh, I thank miss you. your partner. I hope he's okay all is well. Uh, you know what he's doing, Tony? Tell he, me. He's actually out uh, your way. He's, uh, he's acting in a movie in uh, Los Angeles. He's actually pursuing an acting career right now. Wonderful. That's great. How do you like that? Yes, Sid Rosenberg, uh, actor extraordinaire, radio uh, talk show host, and uh, author of a book. He's a multi-talented individual, Tony. Well, what is the film he's doing? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's spoken about it before, but it's, it's, it's complicated. Either way, that's what he's doing. One thing he doesn't do is sing. Uh, Tony Orlando, like you, sing, <laughs> sung some of the greats uh, over time, seriously. And uh, it's, it's, it's an honor and a privilege, actually, to actually speak with you. And you are a, you are what you're self-described Greek Arican. So I want to ask you this question. What is the most important thing to you about Greek heritage? And, again, how do you feel about 201 years of Greek independence? Well, 1825, I think, is the date. Uh, it, it all happened for, for Greece to become an independent country, an independent state. And, uh, like we're watching this war going on, much much like that war was going on and searching for independence, it always seems to be a tragedy before there is a uh, a celebration like this. And I pray for the people in the Ukraine, and I'm proud of the Greeks because the Greeks fought hard, and they also fought hard in World War II. You know, the Germans were very afraid of the Greeks. You're absolutely right. Yeah, the, the Greeks stood tall. They didn't want no part of the Greeks. The uh, uh, they're a tough bunch, you know, and uh, people in the Baltics, uh, the, of course, Greece is at the bottom there. The Baltics have a certain kind of pride that the country that that uh, this country has as well. I hope I hope it doesn't fade because you can see what pride of, of freedom and a country can do to a people. But, you know, my ha- I'm half Greek. My father uh, is, of course, his family is from Crete, or Crete, as they say, and my, my dad was born in New York City. My yaya, my grandmother, and my papu uh, were born in in Crete, and in a city called Eraklion. And uh, although I'm ha- half Greek, I was raised with the uh, pride of the Greek heart, as well as my Puerto Rican side, with my mother uh, being born in New York, with her mom and dad born in Puerto Rico. So I have a strong uh, heritage to be proud of. But the Greeks 
are something. They are they are something else. And when I was Grand Marshal of the parade because of John Casamitidis, not once but twice, I told him that my father had passed away not long before the first time I was on that float on Fifth Avenue. I said all I kept thinking was my father would have been crying his eyes out with pride. Sure. That pride runs through that family like unbelievable and. Uh, every single Greek Independence Day, I I, I, uh, I celebrate with my family. And my last name is Kasavitis, which was changed from Kasavitakis. And Kasavitakis, that last Akis sound, is specifically from Crete. So my grandfather uh-huh. thought, well, we're changing it to make it more palatable to Kasavitis. Uh-huh. Pretty close to Kasavitis. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is close and uh, easier. Uh, again, easier to say than your, the, the Crete uh, extraction. But uh, let me, do you get back there a lot, Tony Orlando, to either Crete or Greece? Uh, I, I assume that you travel there once in a while. Yes, and one of the great, great uh, thrills I ever had was go, I was going back for the first time and I was going to my Aunt Helen's a grape farm. She had a grape farm in Crete. And so, was, you know, she was a winemaker. Uh, she's long past. But the first time I went was when I had Yellow Ribbon. And I'm on this touring bus. And I, you know, I, I nobody would know who I am. You know, I'm in Greece. You know, I'm sitting on the first bus. And the Greek, the Greek uh, guide says over the loudspeaker on the bus, and over here to the left, this is uh, Tony Orlando's uh, family. Oh, Tony Orlando, the singer. I hear the whole bus start applauding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, he has his family here. Make, make grapes. Make grapes. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, my God, this can't be happening. So there was a powerful moment for, for you know. And my gra- my grandmother was, uh, yeah, yeah, was a hero in the town of uh, uh, he She was literally... Uh, um, probably uh, gave birth to half the population there. She was a wonderful woman and a doctor in her own right. So no. my Greek heritage is something I'm so proud of. And, and I love the way WABC uh, honors all nationalities and their national holidays. That is, the, that is John Katzmatidi's way. He does. He really is. He's got a big heart, does Mr. Katz. And let me ask you this, Tony Orlando on the Bernie and Sid Show. How uh, how was, did Greek heritage influence your music at all? Well, I, I was more of a doo-wopper, so if there was any Greek in the doo-wops, I guess you could say maybe the word doo-wop is Greek in some way, but other than that, no, I, I was uh, I was really uh, a New York City kid growing up uh, yeah. you know, with Alan Freed as a kid and listening to doo-wop, to be honest. That was my beginnings of, uh, of, of street corner singing. Right. Now, you know, we have, uh, you know, we had a lot, a lot of Greeks in acting. You had, uh, of course, Telly Savalas. Right now, there's a star basketball player. He's uh, from Greece. He plays with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, let me ask you, do you feel the, the Greek heritage is represented in the music industry today? Well, I do. Uh, by the way, also in the motion picture industry, do you remember John Castellanos, right? Yeah. In fact, that's who I thought of uh, when you mentioned that, that, that was your name. Yeah. Well, with their cousins. Oh, no kidding. Oh, that yeah. explains that. We're yeah. related. Yeah, yeah, we're related. So John was on my variety show. He never did television. But one Christmas, I bumped into him in Beverly Hills. I was shopping for Christmas. And there he was. It was the first time I met him. 
And I said, John, you know, I think we're related. He says, yeah, I think we are. So we started doing some search, little search, you know, about it. And sure enough, so he said to me, hey, why don't, why don't, why don't I do your, your show? I've never done television. And the only variety show sketch he ever did, this incredible director and actor, uh, won every award, was in Rosemary's Baby, as you know. Uh, it was in, in The Dirty year. Dozen, right? Huh? The Dirty Dozen, the uh, war the movie. Dirty Dozen. Oh my God, it goes on and on. Yeah. And uh, he he, uh, he did my variety show, and I'll never forget. I I really saved that sketch at home uh, and treasure it, you know. But really, uh, I, I would imagine, sure. Hey, listen, now we're talking to Tony Orlando on the Bernie and Sid Show as seventy-seven WABC celebrates Greek Independence Day. Tony can hear him. Every Saturday night from 10 to midnight, presented Tony Orlando, presented by Goya. Tony, on the way out, I want to ask you what your favorite Greek food dish is and uh, why is it? You know, to be honest with you, I don't have a favorite, but I go to eat with John Casamitidis and Margot. And everything, I, and this is not, I'm not trying to cop out or anything. I don't have a favorite. I love it all. There isn't, uh, maybe the lemon soup is probably my favorite. Uh, I have to have it at the dinner. But other than that, um, I, I love it all. I really do. That's not a cop out. It is the best food. It is so great. As you know, you probably have had it in New York, some of the great Greek restaurants in New York for sure. But you know, I'm talking about food. I'm very honored. You mentioned Goya. I was raised on Goya on my Puerto Rican side. In my home, I, it, was, uh, it was a staple of, in my home. So between the Greek and the Goya products that I had in my home, to think I have a radio show on this wonderful station in a city I'm brought up in, New York, and Goya is, right. is presenting my show is big-time pride on my Hispanic side. You know, I can appreciate that. I really can. Uh, yes, I grew up in the Bronx as well. I'm slightly younger than you, but uh, Goya was uh, omnipresent, ubiquitous, to use three-dollar words, uh, Goya products. And, yes, for for Saturday nights with Tony Orlando to be presented by Goya, I'm sure, is a a, a tremendous honor for you. Anyway, it is uh, Saturday nights with Tony Orlando, 10 p.m. to midnight every Saturday night. Tony, happy Greek Independence Day. Thanks for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show, and thanks for all your music uh, and the pleasure you gave us throughout the years. Thank you, Tony. Well, let me just say to you, Bernie, I'm a listener, and I love, I love you. I love, I love the both of you that together, your magic, and your, the way you approach uh, everyday life in this country and some of its uh, ups and downs is always uh, important for the information for, it, for us to guide our way through this great country. I hear the love that you have for the country, and I'm really honored to speak to you. Wow, that uh, means a lot, uh, Tony Orlando. Thank you so much for those very, very, very kind words. Uh, Tony Orlando, again, on Greek Independence Day on 77 WABC. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Tony. We'll, we'll speak again. We'll be listening Saturday night. Thanks a lot, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Dancing alone every night while I live right above you. I can hear your music playing. One floor below me, you don't even know me, I love you. Oh, my darling, not three times on the ceiling if you want me. Mm-hmm. Twice on the pipe, 
listen to this. So beautiful back here in the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katsimatidis as we celebrate Greek Independence Day. You can really just picture yourself on the back of a yacht in the Aegean Sea, sailing past the island of, uh, oh, I don't know, Corfos or uh, Lesbos. Mykonos. 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 It's Santorini. beautiful. It really is gr- It's gorgeous, and this music uh, takes you there for a, a short time anyway. And a little bit of Uzo. A little bit of ouzo. Uh, you love this ouzo, John Katsimatidis. Oh, I tell you, that 140 proof is really good stuff. Wow, and you will be indulging uh, at some point today in some of this ouzos. Uh, well, just one one shot. One shot, okay. Uh, well, that's one shot uh, more than myself, but uh, I'm going to look for it in the liquor stores now that you've brought it to my attention, uh, this ouzos. But it is a great day, Greek Independence Day. <clears throat> and, of course... What day is the parade, uh, Mr. Cat? Well, the parade is going to be on June 5th. They're going to ruin my summer weekend in the Hamptons. And, uh, oh, you know, it, it, they had to make it June 5th. I don't know. I didn't get involved in the date. Otherwise, it might have been this weekend. <laughs> yes, uh, which would have been a lot more convenient for yourself. But, a lot uh, more convenient for all of us. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. So, listen, uh, John Katzmatidis, just one huge development yesterday, of course, was uh, that they're going to resume uh, the broken windows policy here in New York City. I mean, that's huge. Instead of going to Chicago and, and consulting with Lori Lightfoot, all Eric Adams had to do was consult with Rudy Giuliani right here in New York City. And uh, we're going back to the way things were, the, doing it the right way, I think is the word one uh, NYPD captain used, was the phrase that he used, I should say. But Keechan Sewell, uh, the NYPD commissioner, who I know appears often on Katz's Cats at Night at 5 o'clock on 77 WABC. She said this yesterday about this uh, new broken windows policy that the NYPD is going back to. Take a listen. This is an all-hands-on-deck. We are focusing on the people, the places, and the things that lead to criminality and lead to violence and deteriorate the quality of life for everyday New Yorkers. I've had conversations with the DA as well, and we understand that when we bring these cases forward, we have to evaluate them on a case-by-case basis. So that is so refreshing, uh, John, is it not, that uh, we're going back to this? She knows the job that needs to be done. She knows it very well. And she's a smart lady. And Eric Adams needs knows the job that has to be done. And we got to make sure Albany, uh, the legislators and the assembly people and the state senate, uh, turn turn them loose and and don't handcuff the police officers. Let's handcuff the the criminals. And there's there's only three there's three thousand criminals that do ninety five percent of the crimes. Yes, it and really. Why? Why are they protecting those three thousand criminals? It really boggles the mind. It's inexplicable. Why? The, yes, and, and when their own constituents are the victims of those said aforementioned three thousand criminals. And this Sunday, I have uh, uh, one of uh, the assembly uh, people in uh, in uh, Harlem that is yelling uh, foul. Why? Why are they doing it? 
Why are the upstate state senators and the upstate state assembly people making our life miserable in New York City? Uh-huh. Uh, maybe we should secede. Well, yes, right. We should. New uh, York City should be its own state. Get the hell out of uh, this, the, the Albany swamp. Get away from it. Yep. You know, we're going to have a chance to speak to a, a, one of the senators, State Senator John Gunardis, who's coming on the program uh, after the news here on the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katsimatidis on this happy Greek Independence Day. Take it away, Louie. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Ladies and gentlemen, it'll take you two minutes to download that app. You will not regret it. It's addicting, almost. It's addictive. And it's educational, and it's informative, and it's entertaining. The 77 WABC app. And right now, on this festive Greek Independence Day, here on 77 WABC, we are honored. John Katzmatidis is in the studio, by the way. Sid Rosenberg is out. He's pursuing an acting career, so John has been here all morning. Did as he has Hollywood star yet? <laughs> I'm not sure. No, I, I don't think so. I, I, they're wrapping up the filming, I believe, uh, today or tomorrow. So maybe by Sunday he'll get his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But not, not so far, John. Okay. So anyway, listen, uh, again, Greek independent. John, you've been great. It's so much fun to work with you, I have to tell you. You are just a fun guy and a great uh, big-hearted guy. But uh, in any case... On this Greek Independence Day right now, we're honored to have on the line with us. He is the state senator from Brooklyn. A stunning upset back in 2018. He unseated Marty Golden. And he represents, uh, you know, Bay Ridge, uh, Bay, uh, Bensonhurst, Diker Heights. His name is Senator Andrew Gernardes. He's a fourth-generation Greek. And, uh, again, he joins Bernie and Sid and John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC on Greek Independence Day. Good morning, State Senator Andrew Gernardes. Good morning, good morning. Happy Greek Independence Day. Well, thank you. Fourth generation? Does that Fourth still qualify you to be Greek? I think, well, I think it's that. <laughs> going to Greek school for 10 years. That's, it's a combo. <laughs> okay, so when you went to Greek school for 10 years, you got a certificate. You are Greek. Exactly. They stamp, my, they stamp you with approval at that point once I graduated. Gotcha. And you went to church and you got another approval. You are Greek. That's right. That's right. That's tell, right. Tell indeed, us about your, your parents and, 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 four parent, and forefathers and, and uh, when did they first come here and where did they come from? So great. So my great great three out of my uh, four grandparents were all born in the, in the United States. So my great grandparents came from Sezme, which is in modern day Turkey. But at the time they left there, it was still the Ottoman Empire, uh, Asia Minor. And they came from Constantinople, Istanbul. My mother was um, born in Constantinople. Really? Wow. Yeah. So both my great-grandmothers, their families came from Constantinople. So they came over at the turn of the last century, uh, more than 100 years ago. And then my one grandfather ran away from home when he was 13. Uh, he was from Chios, Garzamila. He ran away from home, stowed away on a ship, and came to the United States. 
and never looked back. Went, you know, saw his mother one more time the remainder of his life. Wow. Uh, but knew that there was a better life for him here in the States, and that's how he got here. And, of course, uh, yes, Andrew, and that's how you're here, obviously. Uh, listen, uh, which of the neighborhoods that I outlined, there are a few that you represent, have a heavy Greek population out there in Brooklyn? Well, we like to believe, or I like to believe, that everybody has a little bit of Greek inside of them. But, um, you know, really the neighborhoods of Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, and parts of Bentonhurst still have a pretty strong Greek influence. We have a number of Greek churches uh, in southern Brooklyn, uh, three of them, in fact, that are in my district. So uh, there's still a pretty strong presence in, in this neighborhood. Any hard feelings? Uh, the Greeks got their independence from the Turks, the Ottoman Empire, about I think it was 213 years ago. Any hard feelings these days between the Greeks and the Turks? Well, you know, there are a number of conflicts between Greece and Turkey to this day that have been really challenging uh, and things that I think, you know, uh, fortunately we've had some really strong allies in the U.S. Congress that have really helped us uh, push back on Turkish aggression. You know, they'll fly fighter jets over Greek airspace. Um, they will try to disrupt uh, economic activity. They'll put their ships in the middle of shipping lanes to try to intimidate Greek commerce. Really? So there still is lingering tension, both in Greece and with Cyprus, which you know is still uh, under Turkish occupation for 40-plus years. By the way, Bernie, uh, Turkey, a NATO country, and Cyprus, a NATO country, Turkey used uh, weapons, and they went in and took over northern Cyprus. They just took it over. Wow. And nobody in NATO, no, the United States, nobody said, boo. I, I mean, pray. that it was wrong. So, you know, Russia taking over the Ukraine, what made a difference in, than uh, Turkey taking over the, the Cyprus? None, really, when you think about it. Uh, though the Turkish uh, are supplying, uh, they're on the Ukrainian side. They're supplying uh, these really effective drone drone technology to the Ukrainians, really helping them out big time. But but to, you, to answer your question, there really is no difference as to what, what Turkey did to Cyprus, as to what uh, Russia is doing to the Ukraine right now. And Andrew Gernardes, Senator Andrew Gernardes, I think you would agree with that. Hundred uh, percent, and it's really you know it's. Cyprus is the only occupied country in the world right now that is still trying to fight for its full independence. Um, and it's still a travesty that 40 years later, the world is just looking on uh, and frankly not doing enough to help resolve this situation. Um, you know, while our hearts break for what's happening in the Ukraine and you know, the people of Greece and the government of Greece have been incredibly supportive of um, Ukraine and they're taking refugees and they're sending assistance and aid. Uh, what happened to Cyprus needs to get resolved, and hopefully this will call attention to that. And you know, Bernie, you know the reason of the Greek islands along uh, the Turkish coast, where I was born on one of them, the island of Nisidos, and, and Cyprus, have a trillion dollars worth of resources underground, underwater. And you know why they haven't been developed? Turkey and Cyprus and Greece and Israel have not made a deal. And uh, it's hard to get the Turkish government to go along with it with the right deal. Uh, yeah, they're very uh, that uh, a trillion very, dollars. Very intransigent is excuse me if I can pronounce it is the Turkish government uh, very very peculiar in the sides that they take, but uh, still vestiges of the Ottoman Empire. You know, bullying the world in that part of the world anyway. 
But uh, John Katzmatidis, as we speak to Senator Andrew Gernardes, State Senator Andrew Gernardes, I guess we could ask him, uh, of course, Kathy Hochul is uh, implementing, uh, trying to tweak the no-cash bail law. It's been a source of contention. Uh, your, your leader up there, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, she says, no, 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 no. We're not going to change that law whatsoever. Well, where do you come down on uh, this uh, no-cash bail law, Andrew Gernardes? So uh, I appreciate the question, and I think there's been some mischaracterization of uh, the Senate's position. I think we are, what the leader has said, and what I think many of us have said is, we are uh, more than willing to entertain um, you know, measured out, thoughtful um, responses to tweaking the laws. But with any changes we make, we don't want to see it go back to where things were even before the original changes. Because uh, there's, I think, a legitimate concern about you know, holding people in detention based solely on their ability to pay. Bail or no bail. And people don't want to go back to those things. No, we all agree on that. Andrew, we all agree to that. We all agree to that. That people of minor crimes, that uh, they shouldn't be held in detention because they don't have $100 bail. We all agree to that. It's it's the people that kill people and use guns uh, to, to kill people that, you know, if you have 14 indictments, if you have 20 indictments, you deserve to be in the streets in New York terrorizing 8.5 million people. Right, right. You know, one of the things we're seeing, one of the problems that, frankly, no one is really looking at, and it's a big part of this conversation, judges, you know, in 2020, we gave judges significant discretion uh, when we went back to look at the laws after the first year, significant discretion to, to set bail in additional cases for recidivists, for more violent offenses. And there was a report in the Times Union, the Albany Times Union, maybe three or four weeks ago, that in more than a third of the cases where someone was rearrested, the judge had the discretion to set bail and didn't. So we can only change the laws so much, but if the judges are not going to follow the laws that we've changed, or if they're not going to use the discretion that everybody wanted us to give them, which we did, you know, we can't force the judiciary's hand in that case. So it's a, it's a, my, my point in saying that is that it's not strictly you know, taking the governor's proposal as it is. It's about taking her proposal and looking at really what's going on in the court system and all of these issues together and figuring out the right solution. Here. They, they should um, sit down and have an open forum uh, between yeah. the NYPD and, uh, and the state Senate. And maybe uh, you, you'll, you'll arrange it and make it happen. And I'll tell you, we had, I had the commissioner, the new commissioner Sewell, on my show. And she said, you know, it used to be uh, you get caught with a gun in New York, one-year mandatory uh, jail. And mm-hmm. now they give disappearance tickets, as they call them. Now, of the 6,600 people that have been arrested the last year or so, only 200 showed up to go to, go to jail. Yeah. And, of and course, there's definitely, there's definitely ways to improve the law, uh, for sure. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. The question, and that's being debated, is what is the... What is the right path there, and what does that look like, and what does the language look like? And how do we take the changes we've already made in 2020 and make sure that they're being followed properly? And then what additional changes need to be made on top of that? Senator, get together with our other Greek friend, Senator Gennaris, who's that deputy uh, uh, chairman or whatever the title is uh, of the state senate. And have an open forum, and let's straighten it out. All, all that New Yorkers want, all they want is to be safe in the streets of New York. Agreed. 
And by the way, Senator Gennard, if uh, people in the state Senate and the Assembly and other Democrats statewide don't get the message that they, the, the electorate wants this no-cash-bail law change, we're the only state in the nation, one out of uh, 50 states, that does not give the judges uh, enough discretion to keep these thugs behind bars, uh, you guys are going to go the way of Todd Kaminsky, which is back to private life, if you don't get the message that we want to, we want to change this no-cash-bail law while keeping it the, the Let, system fair. A, I, I understand. He's our guest, uh, Bernie. Let's have a forum and, and, and have a discussion and open, you know, open to the public. I like that. I like that. A nice civil forum discussion. But, it takes uh, a good Greek to make it happen. It a good Greek, yeah. Look, so we it, invented democracy. We invented open debate. You know, the, the debates in the Athenian uh, Assembly, you know, I think are the kind of the model that we all aspire to when we think about our own democracy here. And it's the free flow and exchange of ideas that uh, really make us proud to be Greek and that's something that we claim as our own heritage. And so when it comes to contentious issues like this, I think there's always benefit in having these types of conversations and these discussions, having the back and forth and figuring out what the answer is, what the real answer is. That'll actually make a difference. Well, you're a gentleman, State Senator Andrew Gernardes. You certainly are. And by the way, uh, John, he's about 18 years old. I, I'll tell you that. He's a very, very young man and a very smart man. must be those Greek genes. A lot of olive oil. <laughs> no right. doubt about it. So, and, sir, happy Greek Independence Day. Did you want to say one more thing? Thank you. No, I was going to say, well, it's not only am I celebrating Greek Independence Day, but uh, my son, my, we have, my wife and I have a 14-month-old son, Vangeli. Today is his name day. Well, so God I bless. He's too young to listen, but I want to wish my son, Vangeli, a very happy name day. He is the uh, light of our eyes, and we are so happy that he's blessed us with him. Uh, we'll, so. we'll send you the link, and when he's old enough to, uh, to, to listen, you, you play back the I'll link and, 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 and play it for him. I will do. We'll do. That's Thank beautiful. Thank you very much for having me on today, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, sir. Happy Greek Independence Day and uh, Godspeed. Uh, John Katzmatidis, we're joined right now by uh, somebody you know very, very well, your sidekick in the afternoons, and her name is Lydia Serrani. This there is, you go. This is, uh, this is Albanian music. It sounds So we got to get some, yeah, right? It's it similar. Sounds more, it sounds more Greek than Italian. And Albania is adjacent to Italy and adjacent to, it to Greece. I would say you have more Greek uh, than Italian. Well, you know what? Um, I was looking online, and in Greece, there are estimated 600,000 Albanians living there. And modern Albanians are genetically closest to modern Greeks from the Greek uh, mainland, so much so that like DNA testing companies have grouped them together. And I know, John, you're also of Macedonian background, which Mother Teresa was born and raised in Macedonia, which is Albania. So it's very, very similar. It's only like less than 300 miles apart. So yeah, we're we're that's why we're very like-minded, me and you. I, you know, we my get along sidekick, so well. I'm still, a good sidekick. My leg still hurts from all that kicking. <laughs> yeah. So there, there you have it. This is a called um, Vala Regova, which is like a traditional um, Albanian dance, especially when the bride and groom come in. And our dancing is very similar too. That's why I'm excited to start dancing today. Oppa. You know, we don't smash the plates, but our customs and everything, it is, it's Lydia, very, very I'll similar to our weddings. I'll smash plates. Yes. So, yes. This so, what's is, happening uh, in the world? 
Oh, you guys can put down the music, Lou. Uh, what's happening in the world? Uh, you got the 70 uh, organizations that have coordinated this left-wing attack against Hochul trying to reform bail reform. That's the biggest thing that's happening yeah. here. And Move then the on fact that Hochul What do you have, 12 members? I know, but I'm uh, John, you know Governor Hochul. Why... She can't bow down to them. She posted a picture yesterday. I know she said, United We Stand with Ukraine, with Hasty and Stuart Cousins. To me, that was a message that she was sending out there that no matter what, I'm going to stick with you guys. And it's this big, happy, smiling picture. Hasty retweeted it. Stuart Cousins retweeted it. I don't know. To me, that was a message saying that she's she's on the along the ride with them. Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, Hasty, I, 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 I've met Hasty, and he's a very nice man, and he's a very smart man. And he has to realize he has the responsibility of keeping 8.5 million people safe, not the 3,000 criminals. And let's not handcuff the ability to, of the cops to do their job, and, and let's uh, handcuff the 3,000 criminals that are re- repeat, let me say it straight, repeat. Violent criminals. Get them off the streets. Get them out. The recidivists. Get them out. Get them out. Listen, and- do you guys realize that the Kathy Hochul's tweaks are a, a kind of a brew of weak tea? It only involves, in other words, the perpetrator, uh, the guy, people who uh, you know punch nine-year-old girls outside the Plaza Hotel in the face. Her her reforms don't apply to people like that. It only applies to people who use a gun right, in the commission of a crime. Let's put them in the hospital and leave them there. I like that idea. Put them somewhere. But well, uh, how about there are somewhere. gangs of teenagers? There are gangs of teenagers as we speak right now that have hit already almost 10 Dwayne Reeds, Rite Aids, you know, Walgreens throughout the city. And then there's this big open black market on the Lower East Side that is going on. These teens are being used by the gangs. That's what people are not understanding. The teenagers are being used. They're being victimized as well. That's why she needs to also raise the age. And not make it, you know, you know how before it was, if you're 16 years old, you could be tried as an adult. Yes, so course. that's why the gangs are using the teenagers, because they know they're just going to get a slap on the on the wrist and, and they'll be sent home in family court if they do get caught. But we're being terrorized. The, the, the city Rite is Aids under are closing. Attack. The Walgreens, Rite Aids are closing. The Walgreens are closing. The Dwayne Reeds are closing. We're going to be left without any drugstores. <laughs> that's no good. People, I mean, on a serious note. A lot of old people, for example, people who are sick, they rely on their uh, local drugstores, the CVSs, the pharmacies, which, by the way, have turned into virtual supermarkets. And uh, for, for them to be closing really, really hurts a lot of people. And b- by the way, these gangs, if they don't use a gun in the commission of these crimes, none of the, the reforms that Kathy Hochul is proposing would apply to these people. And that's a shocking thing. And they're I think. not going to use a gun. They just go in there and yeah. and terrorize the security guards. They terrorize the employees. Exactly right. This is, we, we can't go on like this. And you can't. There's a saying in Albanian, you know, you can't eat with two spoons. Try to put two spoons in your mouth and eat with it. You can't have it both ways, Governor Hochul. She needs to take a strong stance against crime and stop bowing down to these radicals. I said to Bernie the other day, I said to Bernie the other day, she's a tough Irish lady and she's capable of being tough. Her, her, uh, uh, husband was the U.S. attorney in the West, uh, Western New York, and she is capable of being tough. And Governor Hochul, be tough. Be tough. Stand up 
against yeah. the world culture. Come Be on, tough. Kathy. Come on, Kathy. You can do it. All she has to do is stand alongside Mayor Adams. Mayor Adams is doing the tough talk. She needs to just support him about the precision policing. Commissioner Bratton was on John's show last night talking about it. It is proven to work, precision policing. They call it broken windows. Call it whatever you want. They go into the neighborhoods where they specifically target the crime. Just like if you're having radiation treatment, you're not going to radiate the entire body. You're just going to radiate that part where the tumor is. And that's what we need to do. This is a cancer, the crime. And if we don't target it it's going to spread it's going to metastasize and it's going to bring down the entire city and allow the police allow the leaders allow the mayor to do their jobs and she should be tweeting out pictures with the police commissioner and mayor adams and not them well said lydia serrano well said you know we're out of time for this segment but uh, it was a great segment between uh, state senator andrew gernardes and yourself lydia Thank this you. And we can we can play a little music on the way out. And I can't wait to, to do some dancing. And uh, Bernie, you'll be in studio soon. Very soon. I as know it. God willing. As long as you willing. don't dance in the aisles. <laughs> yes. The, and today's the Assumption of Mary. And uh, that's another whole. It's a holy day as well. And so on this holy day, I wish you I wish you health. And, and I can't wait to see you again, Bernie. Thank you, Lydia. So kind. Appreciate that. Lydia Serrani. On the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katzmatidis, as we celebrate Greek Independence Day, we're going to play Beat Bernie. We need a call at 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. A Greek Independence Day version of Beat Bernie coming up. We're coming right back. We're going to break the dishes today, Bernie. I can't wait. We need oh, a new set at, at ABC anyway. That's one way to get uh, to clean the dishes. It's just to smash them and smash buy new ones. Yeah. Buy new ones. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show with John Katsimatidis as we celebrate Greek Independence Day, baby. It's a great day. The Greeks are wonderful people. Hey, do you know uh, the, the uh, CEO of Goldman Sachs, John Katsimatidis? His name is Jamie Diamond. And he, CEO, he's J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan, excuse me. You're right, exactly right. Yep. But I get, my point is that I'm leading to is that he's a Greek guy. People think he's Jewish. He's Greek. I, he's, I forget his real name. is Diamondopoulos or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like, exactly right. And he has right. a twin brother that nobody knows about. And was that right? I didn't yeah. know that. And his father was my stockbroker. Oh, look at it. See, John Katzmatidis, omniscient and knows everything. And I thought I was, uh, you know, sort of breaking news to uh, Mr. Katz, but no way. You know it all. Wow. And, indeed. And I'll tell you something. Uh, his father and mother, uh, we used to go to dinner all the time, and they were wonderful people. They were so proud of, of their son. And he, they were proud of their twin uh, son, too. And uh, uh, when it came time for uh, Ted to pass away, his father, and they loved each other so much. He he died, and 24 hours later, she died. Wow. Oh, my God. And so sad. Very you hear, sad. You hear that uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, died of a broken heart. And it's hard to believe it's true, but it, you, so you actually know uh, people that it occurred to. That's, uh, that is sad. That's, uh, that's tragic. But, uh, J yes, uh, Jamie Dimon, a proud Greek-American, and uh, on this day that we celebrate Greek Independence Day, He's come up with a plan, believe it or not, uh, 
what he calls a Marshall Plan to get to get uh, Europe off of their dependence on Russian gas and oil. So uh, anyway, that's why his name was in the news and why I, I, I brought it up on this Greek Independence Day because he's a very prominent figure and, and successful guy. Came from you know uh, hard scrabble background and made it in Amer- another Greek American just like yourself, John Kessler. There's two the two brightest CEOs in banking today. It's one Irish guy and one Greek, Jamie Dimon from Bank America. No, from, uh, from J.P. J. Morgan, Morgan yeah. and uh, Brian Moynihan from Bank America. Wow, interesting. A uh, Greek and an Irishman. So it's just like we're here right now. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, so that's uh, J.P. Diamond, excuse me, Jamie Dimon, uh, as we celebrate Greek independence. So have people begun to uh, mill about uh, for the celebrations today? You're going to get the Uzos out and uh, people are going to start uh, celebrating at 10 o'clock? That's uh, about, uh, they'll start early at 10 o'clock. You know, we're not supposed to start before drinking before 12, though. Oh, but, okay. You know, it's uh, Greek Independence Day. Eh, what the heck? We'll start at 10. Let's do it. Let us do it. And uh, we're going to play uh, John Katzmatidis, uh, a, a Greek Independence Day version of Beat Bernie. And that is coming up uh, after these short commercials. Oh, well, there's yes. one guy I can't beat. I, I can't beat Bernie. Guaranteed, I would get zero for five. Even on the Greek Independence Day? Yeah, even on Greek Independence Day. Wow. Uh, uh, so I don't know how that bodes for me. If you can't, I don't know You're what gonna I'm going to do. You're going to get five for five today. I can tell. Well, we're going to find out. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Yes, it is time to beat Bernie. I am your host, Justin Ellick, for the day in Sid's uh, stead. The game sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to peerlessboilers.com or paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you, Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Today we have Anthony in New York City, presumably Manhattan. We're going to find out in a second. He's going to give it his best shot here to beat Bernie, Anthony, what's going on, my man? Not too much. How are you? I'm all right. Where are you from in uh, NYC? As you said, Manhattan. All right. Cool, cool, cool. It says here you uh, you work in security. You still doing that or are you retired? Still doing it. All right. How's how's that life going for you? You enjoy it? It's okay, you know. Yeah. Pays the bills, huh? Exactly. All right. Here we go, buddy. Uh, you ready to go today? It's going to be more of a uh, Greek Independence Day themed game. Obviously, we here we here at 77 WABC are celebrating Greek independence for the entirety of today. Uh, so the questions will be focused on that. You think you're ready to go? And actually, and actually. All right, let's do it, my man. On to number one. Here we go. What popular 1970s TV show featured Telly Savalas as Greek American as a Greek American police detective? Kojak. Off to a hot start. Way to go, Anthony. One for one. On to number two. The country of Greece is surrounded by three seas. To the west is the Ionian Sea. To the south is the Mediterranean Sea. And what sea to the east? The Aegean Sea. (laughs) Very, very good. Two for two. He's off to a hot start. Here we go, number three. Let's try and stay hot here, Anthony. How many letters are in the Greek language? Is it A, 24, B, 25, or C, 27? 27. 
Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. Yeah, you were bound to get one wrong there, Anthony. You were getting a little too hot here for our liking. That's uh, the correct answer, A, 24. All right, we'll bounce back here with number four. Greece has over 200 islands. What Greek island is best known for being the home of Ulysses in Homer's Odyssey and shares a name with an upstate New York City? Is it A, Troy, B, Ithaca, or C, Elmira? Troy. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. Yeah, correct answer is B, Ithaca. Not bad, though. Not bad. You're still two for four. We'll try and uh, wrap it up here with the correct answer. Number five, on March 25th, 1821, the Greek War of Independence began uh, began after Greece declared its independence from whom? Ottoman Turks. What do you think? Very good. Very, very good, Anthony. Three for five. Not a bad showing on your part. I think you're going to give Bernard a run for his money, although uh, Bernie is pretty up to speed with these kinds of things. Ireland with Bernie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm not, we'll, see how, uh, we'll see how expert Bernie is in the field of uh, Greek history. Coming right up. Do we have the, the champ back? Yes, he is. I am here. What's uh, going on, Justin? Uh, you know. Just another day. Just Happy another Friday. Day. Happy yeah, Friday. Yeah. And it's Greek Independence Day. It is Friday. How's the ocean? Is the ocean of calm? It is beautiful. It is calm. The waves are, uh, yeah, level at this point, but it is gorgeous, I got to tell you. All right, Bern. Let's, uh, let's try and uh, beat Anthony in Manhattan today. He works in security. He went three for five, so you got to uh, get four right to win the game today. Okay. Well, I feel the pressure with the... Uh, the most famous uh, Greek New Yorker sitting in studio, John Katsimatidis. But go right ahead. Well, Justin. that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm worried about my uh, pronunciation on half these questions. So, well, you have the answers in front of you. It's, yeah, uh, it's, well, it's that, a little that, harder for me. That, but, uh, that that's true. That's I don't true. feel sorry for you. That's <laughs> 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 like by Bernie. Yeah, that's a very good point. It's a very good point. Here we go, Bernie. We'll dive right in. Number one, what popular 1970s TV show featured? Telly Savalas as Greek Amer- as a Greek American police detective. Who loves you, baby? Uh, it was Kojak. Very good. One for one. On to number two. The country of Greece is surrounded by three seas. To the west is the Ionian Sea. To the south is the Mediterranean Sea. And what sea to the east? Well, by uh, process of elimination, you didn't you didn't mention the Aegean Sea, so it would have to be that. That's a good strategy there, Burn. process of elimination. All right, on to number three, two for two. He's hot. How many letters are in the Greek language? Is it A, 24, B, 25, or C, 27? Going with 24. You would be correct, sir. Three for three. He needs one more to win today's game. He's got two chances to do it. Number four, Greece has over 200 islands. What Greek island is best known for being the home of Ulysses in Homer's Odyssey and shares a name with an upstate New York City? Is uh, it? That, oh, that, it's multiple oh, choice. Oh, multiple choice. Oh, it's, get, it's getting easier for you. I think I could handle it without the multiple choice, <laughs> but go ahead. I'll take it. Was it A, Troy, B, Ithaca, or C, Elmira? Uh, that would be pronounced Elmira. Elmira. See, I <laughs> but, got it right uh, the first time. You have the but, answers uh, in front I, of you. No, well, actually, with Anthony, I said Elmira, and then with Bernie, I said Elmira. So it was I'm going to go with, uh, and it, this is a guess, I'm going to go with Ithaca. That wasn't really a guess, was it? 
No, I knew it all along. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> can't, can't fool Justin. <laughs> no, we're definitely naming him an honorary Greek. Yeah, how about it? I'll take it. Mergakopoulos. Mergakopoulos. I, I think we're labeling him as the god of knowledge. Uh, I don't want to be uh, known as a god, a deity, but uh, go right ahead, Justin. <laughs> All right. Number five, Vern. On March 25th, 1821, the Greek War of Independence began after Greece declared its independence from whom? That would be uh, the Ottoman Empire. Five for five. Wow. Man, goes wow. And no Aristotle questions, no Archimedes, no Pythagorean theory uh, questions. Wow, amazing. I mean, listen, you know, that's why they call you the champ, and uh, you, you took Anthony uh, to town today. Anthony, Anthony, say hello to the champion in Bernard McGurk. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Bernie. How are you? Uh, always good on Friday, Anthony. Thank you. Always good on Greek Independence Day. Anthony, where are you from? I'm from New York, in Manhattan. Oh, Manhattan. Uh, well... Uh, listen, uh, Greek Independence Day, any uh, any of that blood in your uh, system? No, not really, but some of my best friends are Greek, and my Thea Christina married a Greek guy. Okay, who was, the, uh, who was that the actress never on Sunday? Was that Melina McCurry? Well, uh, that wasn't on, on the, the, the questioning, because I don't know, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that, that was... Uh, I just remember that movie, and it was a Greek actress, and uh, I forget who she was. Hey, but listen, Anthony, uh, uh, how are things going in Manhattan? Are you seeing a nice resurgence back from the COVID and the crime and stuff like that? Or is it still, uh, you know, kind of depressing for you wherever you are? Well, it's nice now. I mean, it's a beautiful day, and, and it's nice seeing people walking around in the streets back to a little bit uh, more normal. A lot, of the, a lot of the businesses are closed down. Uh, uh, that's kind of a fitting because of, of the virus. But, uh. Yeah. Uh, well, that's too bad. But, yeah, I do, uh, the resurgence may be on, uh, hopefully. A lot of positive signs. And uh, John and I are optimistic about the prospects of uh, New York coming back. Uh, as you mentioned, people in the streets, traffic seemingly a little bit uh, heavier than in recent times. So uh, keep hope alive, Anthony, from Manhattan. And thanks for playing on uh, – thanks for – play and beat Bernie on the Bernie and Sid show. We appreciate that. Well, I, I fully intend to keep Hope alive, and I, I, I really uh, believe that, that that virus was nothing more than a big bluff anyway, but, but hey, that's just my thinking. <laughs> okay, well, uh, your opinion counts. Uh, keep it, and uh, one day call back and we'll talk about it. Anthony Manhattan on the Bernie and Sid show with John Katsimatidis on Greek Independence Day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to close out the show, 1-800-848-9222 if you want to give us a call. Uh, we'll be right back. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. Governor Newsom today in California and has said that uh, he's going to give a $400 debit card to every person that owns a car in California. And if you own five cars, you get five $400 debit cards, I think. And... I guess he needs to run again, run run for something. He needs, he needs to vote. Deborah Valentine, you're here in the studio with us. Tell us what Governor Newsom is doing. Well, California Governor Gavin Newsom, he is a Democrat. He announced all these details, John, that you're talking about. He's actually proposing $11 billion, billion with a B, in relief, as everybody is screaming for relief at the pumps, including yeah, a nine. Yeah, but he doesn't have eleven billion. He's going to borrow the eleven billion, put debt on the on California, and he's going to give him. 
and he's going to give the people the money to feel good. It's a feel-good money because it's debt on California. And they already own a a zillion dollars. That's right. And it would also add a $9 billion tax refund for rising gas prices. Now, what is this all about as everybody screams for lower prices at the pumps? All these states are moving, such as California Governor Gavin Newsom, to abolish temporarily gas taxes and that kind of thing. John, there's an opinion piece out by Bloomberg's Javier Bass. And of course, it all boils down to supply and demand, as we know. So he says that these oil tax cuts are actually helping the Kremlin uh, and actually punishing Ukraine as Russia's war on Ukraine rages on. Now, What Bass says is that rather than curbing demand, governments are actually boosting demand, just doing the opposite for fuel by doing things like Governor Gavin Newsom Newsom wants to do, like cutting taxes on gasoline and diesel or offering blanket untargeted energy subsidies. And so that our listeners understand supply and demand. So do you think Bass is right? As oil becomes more affordable and as especially we head towards the summer driving season when there is a higher demand as we switch from winter to summer blends right if prices are lower the demand goes up if right? president if president biden opened up buying uh, all our gas or all our uh, oil from north america the price of gasoline would go down 50 percent and why doesn't he do that Nobody knows. <laughs> wow. Million, do- million dollar question. Uh, by the way, the no, uh, no, no, no trillion dollar question. <laughs> well said, John. Listen, the uh, other thing about the, the aspect of Newsom spending eleven billion dollars, it's going to contribute to inflation. If that's what you're going to do, it's going to t- con- contribute to the deficit of uh, California, and somebody has to pay someday. Exactly right. Yes, uh, this is the equivalent of. By the way. You know, giving out free beer on election day back in the old days. And you know the other statistic that Deb gave that was wrong. What's that? Say you're wrong. Oh no! What? Okay, because he says the population decline in Manhattan and and San Francisco went down. Right. Uh, Like what was it? Seven percent or six percent? Yeah, about six seven percent in both cities. But it's not count. It went down even worse. Because we lost the middle class and, and above class, but a lot of people moved in from Central America. So it's, it's giving us the, the difference between the people moving in from Central America and the people that left. So the, we lost a lot more middle class than you think because they're, they're offsetting it by the people that were coming in from Central America. That uh, this, should be part uh, of that story. How those- do you like that, Bernie? Are those, but are those people counted in the census, illegal uh, immigrants? Uh, they count that, anybody they can. They do, right? Yes. Yeah. So, what a disaster. Uh, uh, people fleeing the city. Uh, you know, these are people who would otherwise vote the, the, the rascals out that are leaving, and uh, we need their votes. But uh, hopefully, and I think we will still have enough votes to affect some change in New York State. But everything is upside down. Uh, I mean, with... The Democrats, I mean, you just have to vote for common sense politicians. In this case, I would say they were, they're Republicans. I mean, what the, Joe Biden's doing with this energy policy and nobody calling him out, Gavin Newsom, instead of saying, Joe, listen, I'm an American. I, I'm a Democrat like you, but you got to produce the oil. We have to be energy dominant if we want to be the uh, leader of the free world. 
You can't. Uh, we're just not ready for uh, you know electric cars. We're not ready for windmills and solar power. It didn't work out in Germany. They they went to that. And and what happened this past summer in Germany? The sun didn't shine. The wind didn't blow. And they're building new coal plants. For God's sakes, it's it's a disaster. John Katzmatidis. Opa. You have been great all week long. You're a tremendous individual. Uh, Greek Independence Day here on 77 WABC. I wish you nothing but a great time, and I thank you so much well, for everything. I wish you were here with us to break a few plates. And that song that that's playing now is that famous song, I think, with Melina McCurry. That is it. Never on Sunday. Never exactly on Sunday. Right. Beautiful. Uh, the Greek people are great. The music's terrific. And uh, I love it all. Thank you, John. God bless. And, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do without you next week. Yeah, well, I'll miss you as well. We'll work something out, hopefully. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.